Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm gonna demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is December 18th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan! Um, I mean, it was a really bad Sunday. I gotta Some say. Victory I, you know, Monday. The Bears lose. They, I mean, they threw that game away. But I honestly, the worst news was, the was the Falcons just shitting the bed. The Falcons losing to the Panthers. The number one picks back into into limbo. Like we're With still what? Who's in the Who's in that race? Patriots. The Patriots, and then the Cardinals, who the Bears oh. play next week. They could They okay. could do themselves a favor and lose the ticket. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's what I they mean, should do. Did you watch much of that game today? The Browns. Yeah. I had it on Red Zone, and I did like refresh of the game cast. I watched. I watched enough of it. Yeah. It, it's like it's like it was like preseason game number three, second quarter type rosters and and action going up and down. The Bears dominated that game. Oh, I mean, give me a break on that. How do they you lose? How do they lose that game? They scored how, how three offensive lose? points. They had, they had a pick six they and a pick to the one yard line. How did they lose? Because Magic Joe Flacco guy was a. Terrible. He throws for 200 yards in the fourth quarter, just weaving dots in in between three defenders to Mari Cooper. And then, like, you know, he really all all he's doing is just throwing those prayers up and they get picked or they land in Amari's hand. Amari's amazing. He's an amazing receiver. And that's it. And everything else is a dump off to 85, the tight end. Like, cover 85. And yet somehow... And Joku gets loose for like sixty yards on this final drive to get him into field goal range. Yeah, I don't know. The Bears kind of. How about the Hail Mary one. drop? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I walked in on that. I fell to the ground when I saw the ball go into his this bucket, into his basket there, bread basket. Uh, I fell to the ground in my office, and then it popped up. What's going on with that guy? Mooney was terrible. Terrible. So name. He missed, he missed some block? blocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. He's a free agent after this year. I hope he just doesn't get back on the bus. I hope he stays in <laughs> Cleveland. You guys could use another receiver. You know, it's like a, Mooney's like a perfect representation of this coaching staff. As a rookie, it was like, look at this steal. Look at this guy we found in the fifth round. Now he's yeah. like unplayable. You, you can't even play him. How did... How do you go from like a rookie darling to the, in your third year? You're unplayable. He's terrible. He's wow. awful. The teams. I don't. I don't know what to do. I. I don't know I mean, what I, they you, should. You were, they got to fire. They got to fire the, the coaching staff. Yeah, this that, is the third. You can't lose third that game. You can't utter collapse. Game. There you. There you go. Here you go. You come around. You can't lose that game. 17-7. I'm not saying you... I disagree with the dominating. We gave you 14 points on picks. We dominated. You can't lose 17-7. We're a complete... Our roster's... We are, we are a good team. 
You're not beat- a good team. You're a terrible team. How you're are we? Worst, not, how are you? One of the worst football teams I've seen the Bears play this year. We beat both number one seeds in each conference. We've won f- with four separate starting quarterbacks. That is the definition of a really deep, strong <laughs> roster. Okay. Now, are we a threat right now? Okay. No, we're a mash union. We have one starting offensive lineman, our entire defensive backfield, half our defensive line. We're still good enough to beat the Bears. You asked for my impartial feedback after seeing Fields up close and personal. And Andy, like, done. Get him out. No way. You guys can't proceed with Justin Fields. I know he has some enticing throws. He's frustrating to play against. He gets out of these sacks and then all of a sudden is, you know, finding guys in the corner of the end zone. He's frustrating. He's not good. He just dinks and dunks. It's just, it's enticing, but it's never going to be. I Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is Justin Fields like way worse than Lamar Jackson? Is like was like Lamar Jackson just was in a perfect situation, and we've yeah, got dipshit A and dipshit yeah. B right. as coaches. That's the whole thing. Is what program are you drafted into? We got what we got guys that don't yeah. use him at all. Yeah, that's that's now probably we're a watching. Now I'm watching Lamar like make the, like he's he's grown as a passer so much. He's so good now. They have a good and offensive. I, I was coordinator. just thinking about it. It's like. Well, yeah, like he didn't, he wasn't asked to do a lot. And then they got this guy, they run an offense that just like doesn't use any of his skills. And then we got a bunch of guys that can't catch the ball, can't catch the ball, right? Yeah. Like Tunyon, that drop, what a disaster. Fields is a professional quarterback, but he might be like closer to like a 4A or like he's better than a backup. If you have the number one pick, you just got to. Try this is where it. this is where I just have like fears, right? Here's yeah. I've deep down fears. I've been thinking about it a lot today. So if they trade Fields yeah. and he like blossoms somewhere right. else, Possibly. and then we draft another bust. Like if we have, it, it, you know, is it why does Drake May have to be from North Carolina? Why like does he have to be from Trubisky the same fears school as or something like that? Mitch. Yeah. They're different people. Get out of here with that. Why does Caleb, Mitch, why does Caleb Williams a... have to have the same flaws coming out of out of the out of college as, as Justin Fields? Like holds uh... onto the ball too long. Like, like, why does this have to be the case? Why can't it just be Andrew Luck? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a crapshoot, no matter who it is. Trevor Lawrence, I guess, you know, he's supposed to be amazing. He's The Panthers are probably going to go on a run anyways, and, and then they'll have the third <laughs> pick, and, and they'll just, you know. Oh, uh, it's a frustrating game. Not a good game. The Browns are going to the playoffs. They've won nine games. Incredible. Just, just decimated by injuries. Incredible job by Kevin Do you wish Stefanski, we had been at the game? Jim Schwartz. No, it looked like it was pissing down. It wasn't freezing, but... We would have had fun. I mean, I would have had a good fun. time. We would have had a blast. Would have been agonizing for sure for like what almost it was three a, and a half hours. It was a perfect Bears-Browns game. It was like <laughs> it really perfect. Is. Punt, 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 punt. <laughs> three and out. Enters pick six. Pick down to the one-yard line. Just Disaster. Flacco. Two teams tried not to win. It was so clear. It was so cl- I tweeted like... I think like midway through the third, I tweeted first team to 20 wins. It was so clear what the winning score, like what you had to get to was going to be. It was interesting when it was 17, seven and like Flacco was like one of 10. He couldn't, could not complete a pass, save his life, except to the other team. 
I was like, this is no chance. We lost. This is we, I, this is why I didn't want I was anxious about this game. Didn't want this game. And then like as soon as it was 17 10, I was like, oh, we're winning this. Yeah. Like they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> throw pick terrible. six. Or they can't they can't get a first down. Like well, we're gonna sneak our, this out. The thing is, we get a lead and our offensive coordinator like it just goes into the shell. He's like yeah. Tommy Fleetwood on a Sunday. Right. Like right. He, he gets a lead and it's a disaster. Right. Right. Like the play right. calling, like he gets so conservative. He's terrified to do anything. It right. is, it's happened now three times. Three times this year, we have, we have lost games that we just basically had wrapped up. Yep. It would have been a great game to be at. Just agonizing up back and forth game. So... Uh, it was that's the their- Bears and the Browns doing Bears and Browns things for uh, three hours. And now we got to wait. I, I don't know what the rotation is. We probably don't play for another three years or something like that. So we'll do all it again. I'm, all I'm going to say, your your team's not good. Uh, not at this point. No. I mean, we have a great ter- defense. Terrible football team. Oh, get out of here. The Bears aren't bad. I don't think you under like we are down to a preseason type roster at this point with the amount of injury. I know every roster has injuries, Dolphins, but you know it's like everybody. It's everybody is their whole O line. When you were setting up for the field goal, I was just hoping that Cody Parkey was gonna <laughs> throw a helmet on, come out. The two two franchises that were tortured by Cody yeah. Parkey. It's a very weird feeling. We have a great kicker, and we are winning these games that we always would lose, like this one today. It's an odd year. I don't know how we have nine wins, but we do. Um, all right, let's get on with golf. A great bra- Browns-Bears miss uh, is passed, the come game, and gone, and we celebrated game, accordingly. Game of the week. It wasn't the yeah. Bills-Cowboys. It was the, no. the Bears and Browns. Absolutely, absolutely correct. Event um, of the week, Bears and Browns, not Q-School. <laughs> Uh, all right, Q School Monday. Where do you want to go? Do you want to do a PNC uh, Championship, Parent Child Championship? We've got Q School. You know what? Per- what? I think there was enough social coverage of the PNC Whew. Championship that we don't even have to talk about. We do not have to acknowledge it. Well, all it is is social coverage. There's not like I real mean, coverage. It's just it's quick bites. The PGA Tour oh, honestly yeah. should be they embarrassed of themselves. I got some good intel from somebody I forget about like social people picking up people in the parking lot and being just like so happy about what they get from the parking lot at the Q school and, uh, and the PNC. Yeah, it was a lot, you know, but that's what this event is. It's like, it's, it's, you know, empty calorie stuff. I don't know. Um, all right. Q school. Everybody just milking Charlie and tiger. To like the, to just like, it takes like, I like enjoy watching them, but they take all the fun out of it. They just beat me down. The coverage of the it? The social media coverage of it just beats me down into a pulp. You're not going to like my section in the newsletter tomorrow, but I kept it short. I found a lot of the coverage to be endearing and almost I, charming. Well, I like oh, the enjoy. people. Yeah. I enjoy the the event. I just the everybody chasing after their own little impressions yeah, is totally. what just gets me. That's the frustrating part. I I I think 
you know, Tiger seemed to appreciate the ceremonial golf. I think he loves it. I think it's so cool to see him like Charlie hitting crazy shots on the bag. I think he loves seeing like Stricker. He likes seeing Annika. This is an event that like, I think he's come to really love and makes him really happy. It's interesting. Like, you know how, like you fall, you fall out of, you, it's hard to keep up with like your high school friends or your college friends as we all get older, right? You like, it's, it takes a lot of effort and I always admire that. And this is like an event. I'm not suggesting these are like his great friends. It's an event that makes you go back and like relive a bit, right? Or congregate with people from your past. I don't know, past life. And I think he really loves doing that. It forces him to go back. And that's what like the Masters Champions Dinner is like. So I think he's really happy doing it. It's kind of cool. Um, it's kind of like right. the it's like the big three is for the NBA. What's the big three? What do you mean? The three on three basketball league. Oh, yeah, yeah. The big three, isn't it? Yeah, all the kind of guys in their 40s. <laughs> Mitch like Richmond. Quentin Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Q School is wrapping up on Monday. They had five inches of rain or something in northeast Florida. Uh, five cards going out. We have 18 holes. We got a good primer on that in the Friday newsletter. Uh, guy Guess we're rooting writer. for. Guest writers. Guest writers, Brentley and, and Brian French of Monday Q. Uh, somebody we're rooting for, currently solo second, five get cards, Blaine Hale. He is a burly boy. I believe he's one you talk about his trunk. Isn't that the term oh, he yeah. is? He's got a he's yeah. got a big trunk. Monster trunk. He's a burly boy. He is he's one of the OG burly boys from Oklahoma. I Does think not, he was on that national championship team that played at uh at um Rich Harvest Farms, Dick Harvest Farms that won there. <laughs> uh so he does not have status on any of the tours, the lower tours, and that's where this gets a little Goofy, right? You got men- guys with menace on the All Pro Tour, though. <laughs> sure, where you got guys in this with with conditional status, with corn fairy status, and then you got guys with no status. It's so there's different sort of stakes or games within the game. Hale does not have status. Current top five: Harrison Endicott, Blaine Hale, Spencer Levine, Trace Crow, uh, and then Raul Pereira and Hayden Springer. That, of course, is subject to shuffling here on Monday. Really high stakes Monday golf, you know, five cards uh, out out the door for some guys who, you know, might be the most, probably will be the most pressurized round of their life for somebody like Blaine Hale or Hayden Sprainer. So we got that on Monday. Good good to have PGA Tour Q School back in some form or fashion. It's obviously different than it's been in the past, but uh, it, it's been a cool, cool thing to monitor really the whole process, first stage all the way through to final. Amazing, amazing thing to watch. Uh, it should yeah. be awesome on on uh, Monday. Yep. Uh, elsewhere, Liu, Louis Oosthuizen wins on the DP World Tour. The, I think the Mauritius Open. The Stingers, the Stingers, <laughs> I mean, they are feasting on the DP World Tour right now. I think they've won five of six events. Live Boys, like just feasting. Now these aren't the very prestigious you know it's these like south african events where not all the guys go i'm not like trying to downplay but live boys you're saying they're washed or they're not like they're not sharp it's not the the most you know deep fields but they are feasting on the dp world Tour utility right player laurie Cantor for live finished second the utility the great utility <laughs> guy just... spot starter 
We need to come up with who's guy who could, who would play like nine positions. I'll come up baseball player or not nine, but you know six, seven positions. All right, I feel um, like Mark uh, d- uh, Larosa, Derosa, 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 Derosa yeah. for the yeah. infielder. The yeah, maybe a little right field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He played yeah. first, third, second. Yeah. He played for the Basically. tribe for a bit too. Yeah, <laughs> wild man Derosa. The stories of him out about town when he was in <laughs> Cleveland. Um, I always uh, thought I always like said that like Mark DeRosa, like that level MLB player was like the perfect like level celebrity for sports. Like it was getting paid, getting paid well, like yeah. good player, really good player, but right. not like nobody's, you know, he's not like famous, famous, right? No, like no. could still go out and get Just a morning a cup of coffee, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Need to be like a real baseball fan. Big Maybe Lori Cantor's not at Mark DeRosa's. Maybe that's <laughs> insulting to Mark DeRosa. Well, Usti wins again. Elsewhere in news, we have, uh, before we get to the interview, broadcast rumors, confirmations. Uh, for sure, what's happening is Kevin Kisner is joining the booth, or not the booth, the coverage in some form, uh, for Kapalua and then also the Phoenix Open. This is a big win for, uh, for Wilson, getting in the booth. <laughs> I love the Wilson angle you immediately come up with. All right, good. Um, And then not as confirmed, but sort of reported on Sports Business Journal is Jeff Ogilvie maybe taking, uh, or or NBC wants, uh, maybe targeting him for the spot vacated by by Paul Azinger. Unclear if that would be a full-time deal or maybe split it with someone else, not do it, you know, year-round. Uh, but Ogilvy would be a welcome addition, I think, to uh, a broadcast. Yeah, he'd be great. He'd be somebody that actually could talk about the golf course for like, uh, you know, the first time in M- M- NBC's, uh, you know, recent history, especially with uh, with Azinger, who who didn't really care about the golf course. I think that's he's like out a- designing his course right now. Whatever, what's the name of the place in Florida? Uh, sure, he's out there on the on the tractor hey, every day. Well, while we're here, I I pulled up an article. Best utility man ever. You want some names? Yeah. Well, Ben Zobrist. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he played 152 games, amassed 559, 599 played appearances without having a set position. He appeared at second base most often. Yeah. Right field, shortstop, left field. Seven in center, three at first base, and one at third. Played every position on the field except for catcher. I want how many teams has has Laurie Cantor played on and live? I think three, maybe more, maybe more. I don't keep up with that stuff, but it's been enough. All right, Zobrist. All right, that's a good comp. Okay, all right, Ogilvy. As I tweeted, would make two. Lead analysts for each network having pretty high approval ratings, and it's been a while for that. You know, you had Zayner, you had Faldo, Johnny Miller for whatever you know was was you know polarizing to be for sure. It's just been a while since you had guys who were the, the hardcore fans who watch it every week. Uh, Johnny was into. great. I I don't disagree, but he obviously a lot of people you know didn't love him. So, um, all right. No, but maybe they'll come for Ogilvy or Trevor Elman too, as as they all do at one point or another. Um, all right, let's do a let's do a read for our friends at Fat Quirk. We had a bottle of champagne on Friday night. Got through the week. Was it the uh, bottle of the year? 
I don't know. I didn't read my card. I have to say I was, I was in a rush hasty. I didn't, it wasn't more of a celebration. It was more like let's unwind, relax, let's go. Uh, I didn't read my card. It could have been a bottle of the year. It was a good bottle. It was a great bottle. It was a fabulous bottle. Um, I used my stopper. You know, we didn't go crazy. I used my stopper and then finished it off on Saturday with a few friends. Um, I went to fatcork.com. You too can join. Celebrate every day. Isn't that the isn't that the slogan? Take care of yourself. Celebrate every day. Go to fatcork.com. We're down to the wire here. We got a week until Christmas. I don't have, have a gift. Got, have you gotten no. a gift for your wife? No, no. Me, me either. No. I'm in. I, I'm in. I got you know, figured out. We need a new uh, like tea kettle, but I can't bring myself. Like we're not doing <laughs> that's, this. this is the you most can't do that. Pun, you can't. It's do- the most default bullshit gift that you would just like do that. I can't. I can't. So I got to figure something out. The tea kettle that would be <laughs> depressing. <laughs> No, we looked at each other the other day because I don't think she has one for me yet. It's like, I need a grill cover, a new grill cover. It's like, let's just do grill cover, tea kettle, and call it a day. And we're just like, stop thinking about this. Stop racking our brain. But if you want an actual win of a gift, you go to fatcork.com. Like a big W. Join the club. We can't do it. We're not allowed to do it. I, I have the Seamus head cover. Um, I'm you're willing gonna to give, you're going to give the Seamus head cover to your wife. <laughs> no, no. Uh, somebody checked in if those were all gone. I'm pretty sure they are not yet. Uh, if you subscribe, you get a free Seamus head cover. I think that's a hundred dollar value. You get two stoppers, you get two bottles of the year. You get the ice sleeve, right? You throw it in the freezer, you take it out, you'd slip it over the bottle. So you don't have to take a big clunky bucket on the table or wherever you're going. Uh, you get all these extra goodies. You get a great gift. You're supporting a friend of the program. And B- Brian is a sicko like you running an excellent business, a complete sort of, uh, you know, expert on, on champagne. Uh, been in the business his whole life. Knows what he's doing. Not ripping you off. Listen, and it's a great gift. I'm sure there's a lot of procrastinators out there. I'm a procrastinator. Um, yeah. I'm just going to put throw this out there. We're like 10 days away or 11 days away from New Year's, too. All right? There you go. Just gonna, I'm just going to say, buy a bottle or two now. Get it set up for New Year's. It's going like, to make your partner's day. If, you, if you know, you're getting ready, you have some sort of plans, you're going to friends or whatever, you know, you're, you're getting ready, and it's like, oh, you know, I got, I got some champagne in the fridge. Do you, do you want some? That's going to score major points. So I would say, you know, if you don't join the club, do the, you know, New Year's is literally like right around the corner. Use the promo code GOLF. A week away. Yeah. You get free shipping. And it, free, yeah. sh- shipping, free shipping and alcohol or wine is a big deal. Yeah, it's not it's a, lot no, of, a lot of money. Not a so, couple quarters there. So there are your options. Gift a membership. With, you get all those extra goodies right now. Or use the promo code GOLF if you're looking for a one-off purchase for free shipping. All right. Thanks to Fat Cork. Incredible friends of our program. Let's get to year in review. Hey. We left... What? Listen. People said we couldn't do this. Couldn't get it done. Hey, come on. Don't... It's it's 17-7 right now. Don't call our shot. I know we're, we're, we're very close to putting this across the goal line, putting it to bed. I've never, never felt better about it. Ever. I've never well, felt this sensation. Don't tempt of the like, gods. And looking like we're <laughs> like we're gonna be done before Christmas. 
don't tempt the gods. Don't want Flacco to get hot here in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Everything goes awry. Um, what What do you think Flacco getting hot is? What does that mean? In this the, case, what for, what ha- what would happen? I, I mean, Sick, like sickness. I guess we yes, could have some a stomach bug. Yeah, yeah, something bad. You know, I don't want to entertain. Like, I'm not trying to. Yeah, ponder that's what the, what bad could happen could, to that's us. That's the, the only next thing that days. could stop us right now. Yeah, I'd rather not consider hey, what could happen. I got what? some uh, before we get there. I got unsubstantiated rumors. Okay. I think the tour is going to get a truckload of cash, like an insane amount of cash. Stupid. Like tons of cash. Like I've seen estimates in, in the two, like multiples of two billion. There was that ESPN report at the end of last week that the strategic sports group is ready to put in three billion. Yeah. Like it sounds like. They what, they might be they might be getting three billion from two group from both group like, right. I was gonna like, say the PIF wants to at least match that, like if not they, exceed it. They all I'm gonna say is if they get all this cash, they better tell FedEx to go take a hike for a couple of years. We are we are restarting. There better not be a be a FedEx Cup. If they get six billion dollars, and you know, you get this mule, these like mule letters and stuff, and it's like, guys, just are you trying to put a, like a spoke, like clog up this potential for like three billion dollars coming in from multiple sides as we're bleeding money and could lose everybody if we don't? What are you doing? You're Nate Lashley. We're talking about six, I don't know, who knows, billions of dollars, potentially. Anyways, uh, yeah, seems like a lot. Ungodly money. Ungodly. It's golf. What are they going to do with that, Andy? Um, they going to have new leagues? Is, like, I think it's fun to think about. Like, yeah. do they just buy the PGA? I think probably. Then they own the Ryder Cup and the PGA. Yeah. Then Blocky's a PGA Tour member. I mean, he kind of already is. <laughs> As we'll skip to in Canada here. You're in review. Another start for Blocky. Uh, yeah, an ungodly amount of money. It's interesting to think of like what they do with that. I mean, if they have $6 billion, can they just say, all right, thank you, FedEx Cup. We're going to take a little break. We're going to pause this relationship. We'll come back to you when we have redefined the way our our golf league exists, and we're not going to have it revolve around these silly little points. I mean, look, of all the things, I get it. I we're not big like, FedEx you, Cup enthusiasts, no, but, but that's like problem it, number twenty of that. Like, I, here's to worry my about proposal. Here's my proposal. What if you get six billion dollars? Can we, in 2025, have zero, like, zero attempt to monetize, and we're going to just send, send, send everybody behind the moat, 700 people strong? All we're going to work on is making our product better from a telecast and a, and a golf standpoint. Like, we're going to figure out 
what our league looks like and some new ideas that can move our league forward. I Yeah, I mean, hopefully that gives them the leeway to do that. I think it may just... Maybe they add a few more producers for more Tiger and Charlie content. Unwind all of this bullshit. Yeah. John Deere Classic, I love you, but bye. Right? What? RSM, see you later. It was great going to Sea Island for so many years. Well, that is not a product first idea. It's a membership plane opportunities. That's what I'm saying. It's it's time to just time to get serious about having a serious golf tour. Okay. Okay. All right. It's interesting. Could be ungodly amounts of money. Seems really staggering. What could happen here? Uh, Like insane. Yeah. Out of whack. I'm sure they know, you know, these guys are smart businessmen that they realize unrealized value uh, and they'll try to, maximize that so um all right let's get to the year review we pick up canada week go ahead i know i know you want to talk go no just one last i played golf with somebody who like you know would be someone that would entertain being like in a in one of these groups right yeah and we started talking about this this from months ago and he was like the opportunity is so big but Everything about the organization has to change and someone has to be the bad guy. And I just hope that these private equity guys, the the SSG is the one that tell that, you know, they get this money in and then it's like, guys, everything's changing. Like, you know, like we didn't give you three billion dollars for this to be this way. Right. That's somebody has to be the bad guy. And I hope. That is SSG. Okay. They've got That's some my hope. Yeah, heavy hitters in there, some strong personalities. So, uh, all right. Let's restart the year interview. I left off at the Canadian Open Week, which, of course, got overwhelmed and alphaed by the June 6th CNBC appearance and the merger announcement. I got through all of that, probably in too painstaking detail in the last year interview episode. Let's pick up with non merger talk of that week. All right, let's go. The military style workouts really go buzzing this week. There's like denials, there's acceptance, there's like, not denials, but there's admissions that this happened. Military style workouts take off. Uh, Also, I forgot about the worst hole of the year on the PGA Tour. Oakdale, I believe was the the name of the tour. was the, was the, uh, yeah, Toronto course. And guys were hitting, there's a creek, it just breaks up. In the middle of the fairway. So guys are hitting three wood, three wood. What's wrong uh, with that? Oh, well, they're not even hitting three wood. Sometimes hitting layup. It, it was just a mess. And what, had, what's wrong with that? It was a bad hole. But like, why, why can't it just, why can't a hole? I don't like mind that? the three wood, three wood part of it. Okay. But the players were frustrated, were pissed off. Like, what is this goofiness? Uh, it was like an, a, such, it's, it's a very odd, odd hole that was getting panned. All week, and then of course came down to play an integral part of the. It had this serpentine creek. I mean, it comes in, it comes out, it comes back again uh, across the middle of the fairway. It's it apparently was sometimes a par four for certain members or, or qualifiers, but it was a par five. 
Um, they're laying up off the tee. The second shot is longer than the tee shot. So, I mean, they're hitting like... I, I like, I love it, you know? And it became very exciting. It yielded one of the great finishes of the year on the PGA Tour. We had Tommy Fleetwood banging him off the backboard, like sending balls into the into the grandstands. Uh, Tommy kind of gagged it, obviously, on 18, uh, more than once. Um, but the course was was sort of, we got a lot of intel, was not, uh, you know, got kind of panned. Michael Block was in the field quietly, though, at this point, completely wiped off the pages by the merger. Uh, others, just Rory was in the field, everything else God, going on. Blocky, Blocky played in, in two, two national opens. What Australian Open and Canadian Australian Open? Australian Open and Canadian Open. Colonial PGA. Like, think yeah. about if I said at the beginning of the year, a PGA pro is going to play in two national opens. You've been like uh, U.S. Open and yeah, yeah, right. No, right. he got sponsors exemptions into Canada and Australia. Like what? So Webb Simpson WDs and Omar Uresti fills a spot. And he's on featured yes. groups. He's playing alongside uh, Rory and somebody else. And they got the, I mean, everybody's under par. And like, there's Omar. He's like plus four. And they're like, what is he? Is he on the net? But what is he on net? Everybody's making jokes. But he's on ESPN. I mean, he's miles behind all the other players. And he's somehow, we have Omar Uresti in featured groups. Maybe something for SSG to look into is when you have an alternate slide into a marquee group. How, how about we not have Omar Uresti front and center on our, uh, our over the top paywall uh, coverage. The, the, the next week at, uh, at the U S open, I asked Rory to compare and uh, compare the games of Omar and Michael block and which one was a better PGA pro. And he didn't give me a real answer. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't really he punted on him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nick Taylor wins, but it's back and forth with Fleetwood. He birdied four of his first seven holes and, you know, Canada, Canadian hasn't won it in forever. He went 63, 66, birdied the 71st and 72nd holes to get the clubhouse lead. Fleetwood ties him. Tron, of course, a Fleetwood uh, enthusiast. Tron gets ahead of himself. He didn't see the Flacco magic coming in the fourth quarter, and Tron got way ahead of himself with this tweet. He goes, with Fleetwood looking like he's got it sewed up, the haters are furious. Taste it, Canada. Uh, uh, the fact a Canadian hasn't won his national open since 1954 must be so deeply, deeply, deeply <laughs> embarrassing. You know, 30 minutes later, a Canadian won. So he called the shot a little early there. I found that Tron tweet. Tough, tough scene. Because <laughs> Nick Taylor, a Canadian, would eventually win it in a crazy four-hole playoff. Um, Fleetwood had a crazy birdie to keep it alive. Um, and then, of course, uh, Nick Taylor hits a 72-foot eagle that just pours in. Adam Hadwin gets tackled by security as he's going to dump you know, champagne and beverages on his fellow Canadian. They were all there. And then you had like this English contingent that was there rooting on Tommy. I think he had Rose and maybe Hatton. Shane Lowry might have been with them too. But so we had sort of this dueling, uh, you know, uh, contingents and nationalities. Um, what else happened? Uh, Fleetwood was just a mess. on the Like Fleetwood, Sunday Fleetwood stuff. He birdied 18 in the first three rounds. 
<laughs> birdied all three par fives on Saturday, and then he didn't birdie a single par five on Sunday. Just like was feasting all week, and then Sunday Fleetwood crept in. Uh, it, it was foreshadowed by he skipped the player meetings early in the week and told people, you know, ah, I'm just going to go practice. Shrugged his shoulders. I don't need to go see Jay anymore. Um, what else happens in golf? Uh, Adrian Dumont de Chassart wins on the KFT, the Greenville BMW event. Uh, Steve Stricker. This is just a fraudulent record. We love Steve Stricker. But he passes on the Champions Tour, for which counts for some reason, he broke Tiger Woods' PGA Tour record for most consecutive rounds of par or better in PGA Tour-sanctioned events. And I mean, you're doing it at these get hit and giggles Champions Tour events, but they're set up to shoot 65. Uh, and then, I don't know, there's just, yeah, a lot of reporting continues into the weekend. You've got big New York Times, Wall Street Journal, ESPN, all about the meetings. That's just like hanging over the whole event. I won't even go into it, but that was like continued all through Canada. But we got a great finish. The actual golf was amazing. A, a scene of the year. Uh, doing research for Scottish it's remarkable, like two national opens, Canadian Open, Scottish Open, the two weeks before the majors were maybe two of the best, you know, Rory's win against Bobby Mack. The mm. golf this year was so exceptional, even when it wasn't like supposed to be, even when it wasn't the most hyped event. It was just exceptional golf. That the was US kinda, Open was great too. Yeah, the majors. Yeah, that's not, but I'd even say when it was, the designated events were by and large very good. It was just an exceptional, so many great tournaments. We'll get to Ricky in Detroit. It was a great year. And this, you know, Canada, that finish was when nobody expected it. And all the talk was about the merger was, you know, one of the great events of the year. All right. Let's get to uh, U.S. Open. You want to do the, the the lead up days? Yeah. I mean, all right. the beginning of the U.S. Open week, everybody's still buzzing about the Hadwin hit. Yeah. Yeah. That was catnip. Yeah. <laughs> Like just this is like the beginning of the week. Everybody's still buzzing about the the Hadwin hit. The big question is like, will this be the best men's major of the year? That's what it's kind of being hyped up to be. Um, and the reason is the main the main storyline is the course. Like that's the big storyline. Um, yeah. so everybody's talking about fifteen. Everybody's talking about six. Some players were getting pissed off about thirteen. The hole with the fairway that just like ran off. Um. But like, you know, the course was this huge talking point and, um, you know, it got like, you know, Morikawa, I, I'll just do some course stuff right, right yep. off the bat, right yep. off the bat. Morikawa um, on six. My caddy made a great correlation to 10 at Riv. Uh, it's not quite that, but we don't really know. Um, we don't have history here. If I go to Riviera and play 10 even par, I'm happy. I'm not thrilled, but I'm not mad because I didn't give any shots away. Um so, you know, this data thing starts to play out. So he keeps going. Uh, I don't really know how it's going to play out this week. If I do have four pars, I think I'm going to be three or four under for the week, and they're going to play it different ways. I think one guy might go for it. One guy might lay up, and you're going to have still going to have guys go that are four under. So this is like this theory, like six blows up into this, like <laughs> the data boys are just like everybody they're they can't understand that a hole might have like people might be like well i'm gonna lay up and and i'm well, gonna go for it the data the data says you have to go <laughs> for it all the time is like what 
You know, it, it this became a huge discourse leading in. Like the data boys were yelling. They were doing, you know, they were showing all these graphs of how people miss wedges and there's no reason why you wouldn't go for it. You know, look at all these long and short misses. And then, you know, some of the best players in the world laid up. And it's a it, great variety. Yes. Great choice, variety of choices made on that hole. So Cantlay's not happy about the hole. He said that it had been tricked up. What? And it has grass that's totally foreign and not anywhere else on the golf course. I forgot about that. Where Which, Where is and, the grass that's foreign? It's Around the green? Like, yeah. So Shackelford, who was involved with, with uh, setup in his newsletter, said, naturally, that's false. But he's likely to let facts get in the way of what... What is the same grass that's been there since his UCLA days on the Barranca edges? But he did, and then he points out, but he did pay an inadvertent compliment that, like, it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, it's also very chancy, so you could throw three balls in there. One could be okay, one could be totally dead, like pitch it out, can't hit the green, and the other could be sitting up fine. Isn't that the? I mean, isn't that so the that's point the compliment. of if you miss? Yeah, it, yeah, right. It puts yeah, a serious, it puts an element of serious luck in there, considering we're only going to play the hole four times. So he's talking about hitting a ball into a hazard, sending it, just launching it, willy and there nilly. being consequences, repercussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shaq said some with attitudes like that might just see it twice. Judging by this crack analysis, he may be one of them. Cantley has apparently come to the conclusion a rough spot should be either an either or position instead of, oh, I don't know, looking on the bright side that the randomness means chances to get lucky in a positive way and recover. Just for reference, Cantley finished a non-competitive T14. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Rom noted how easy the wedge shot was to the front pins. Um, and he expected many different scores. So he was talking about the front pins. Like, I think if you lay, if you hit the layup to the spot you want every day, which isn't the hardest layup, I think your scoring average will be lower than going for it every day. This sends the data community into tizzy. (laughs) I mean, these guys are the best in the world, and some of them prefer the wedge shot. It's like, I, I like this spot. This is an easy wedge shot. But what, why are they not, why are they like dolts, Luddites? Like, they're, they're idiots. They're the best in the world who play the course. All right. Um, so, another big thing was, uh, was the 15th hole. Everybody was talking about the 15th hole. Yeah. And especially when they played it short to the front right pin. Yep. The 15th kind of ended up being a dud. There were a lot kinda. of reasons why. Yeah. One of them was like half, uh, most of the fans couldn't see the green. <laughs> the only people that could see the green was the members grandstand. Members only the grandstand. member only grandstand <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> and the other reason, I think the USJ kind of chickened out with the with the whole location. They didn't go as far right as they could have with the knob and with, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, if they would have pushed it even further right, you wouldn't have seen as many guys just bail out left. I think. But Ricky, if you remember, Ricky suggested that when the pin was in the front, he might lay up. 
Yeah, I do remember that. Because didn't it play great for the Walker Cup? Like kind of devilish for for one, that front pin, I think. Right? And, and then it was a little bit muted for the U.S. Open. So. Just a little bit more on the data community. Right? <laughs> okay. So Brooks, in his press conference... Someone asked him how he how he is plays so well at major courses and what his preparation was. And he talked about how he doesn't like read about a course, doesn't look at a course, doesn't play a course before. And they're like, How do you how do you prepare so well? He goes, I I go on the green and I look back and I can figure out how to play a hole from oh, there. I forgot about this. This is cool. Monologue. It was amazing. So he yeah. I mean, and, and like that's like a common thing that golf architecture nuts talk about, right? right. Like if you want, like I've said this numerous times, other people that are smarter than me talk about this. Like if you go to Augusta National, walk the course backwards and look at the yep. green and then look at the hole. So Brooks <laughs> effectively says, like, I get on the green and I look back and I figure out where I want to be. Yep. Um. So I tweeted something from the fried egg. And the data community basically like clapped and said like Brooks Kepka doesn't know what he's talking about. He wouldn't know how to prepare for a major. Brooks Brooks Kepka wins majors because of the shots he hits, not because he's standing on the greens looking back and seeing it's like that's literally what he said. Yeah. So just like my general takeaway was like it was an ama- it was it was a refreshing week. To go to a golf course where there was no pre-existing data to that could have these grand conclusions, and one of the fun aspects of the lead-up of this this week was just the the pure like mystery of the golf course, how holes were going to play, how people were going to play them. It was fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get back into some other things other than the golf course. The U.S. Senate opened an investigation into the PIF deal. Oh, great. Led by Blumenthal. (laughs) Monaghan responds. Do you remember this? What do you respond to? Where were you when we needed you or something, right? She sent a letter that said, while we are grateful for the written declarations of support we received from certain members, we were largely left on our own to fend off the attacks. Last year, when the... When Liv was starting. Yeah. Like, Whoops. That's not going to win any friends. So like, so that was that was on Monday. He sends this letter on Monday. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, he announces he's stepping away from the day to day to recover from a medical situation, which we later found was like anxiety, like severe anxiety. Yeah. Like wasn't sleeping. He's, like, yeah. Which is obviously very serious. Get away. Yeah. Everybody is like, you know, you got all the top players and everybody wants to ask about the framework agreement. And basically everybody was like, had no information. It was like, you guys know as much as I know. Um, I wasn't told. The USGA was also kind of like pushing against people asking it um, in the press conferences. Yeah. Fitz was one that gave an answer. Well, I think I don't know what's going on. I don't think anyone knows what's going on. Are we signing with PIF? Are we not signing with PIF? I have no idea. 
Even though I guess it is confusing, it's pretty clear that nobody knows what's going on apart from our four about four people in the world. Shravanahan, Don Hurley, and uh yeah, sir. Surly Fitz. We'll get to him in a minute. He he ripped the chorus in the weekend. Um, there were like nobody. There's just so few people on the ground. <laughs> like it's like this major championship happening, but like being on this is just an on the ground observation. This is me just writing this as I yeah. was thinking about it. It just didn't feel like a major lead up because there was like no nobody there. Yeah. It was quiet. It was odd. so quiet. It was like it was honestly like being at like a sleepy PGA tour event in the lead up. I I mean, yeah. It during the event, I, I've got the research. It was getting compared to like sectionals. Cause you have first tees and they announce the name and there's like Two or three kind of isolated claps. It's like sectionals or a college event, which insane. we'll get into more of. But yeah, uh, tea times come out. Barry Henson's in the first group. Our guy, Uber driver. Barry. Yeah, <laughs> so got in the sectional qualifier. Love first Barry. ever guest on the shotgun start. I think. You know, I was a busy week. The thing, one thing I made sure to do was to be on the first tee for when Barry teed off. I remember and that. He was, he was so excited. I was, yeah, I, was I remember that. That's great. I, I was, you know, I watched him play a few holes. You know, it was just, it was cool. We That's the Barry. cool thing about the U.S. Open is, is people like Barry who have been grinding at this all their life and he got to play, you know, U.S. Open and, you know, the general area that he's from. Um, yep. And yep. then he got to be a, teed off first, off 10. Um, uh, Morales from uh, UCLA teed off one. Um, Little 17 was catnip of Tuesday. Uh, that's yeah. right. Playing across there. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, Rory cancels his press conference and he's like just very short with media. It's just like a continued trend. Uh-huh. Like, I think he didn't talk to him on Saturday either. I'm, I'm not positive, but he might not have done press on Saturday. People were like, whoa what's going on you know yeah he yeah. just did like he, i think he did like three quotes. three questions three questions was like it was like three questions and it could only be golf for like okay. a couple other rounds okay um file uh, fallen footwear <laughs> filed a trademark infringement lawsuit against live in the high flyers for copying their logo which everybody was just waiting for <laughs> i wasn't like people have been signaling that as soon as the high flyers came out it officially happened. Uh, JT, do you know what his odds for the U.S. Open were? Um, like no, what forty to one? Were 50 they low? To one. Fifty okay. to one, which All is right. was just crazy, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, Tron tweet that I just laughed at while during research. Not quite feeling like a major without Blocky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so some more from the kepka press conference kepka on why he thrives at majors i enjoy the chaos brooks on the piff deal i wasn't going to waste any time on any news that happened last week i think that's why i've been really good at the majors i've been able to put it all aside um 
double digits. He's talking about majors. They're like, what is goal for majors? Double digits. That's what I'm yeah, trying to yeah. get to. I don't think that's out of the question for me. It was such a just 180 degree reversal from full swing the year prior where he's reading putts, you know, on, on, you know, in a tripod format, like you just, now he's back to talking about winning double digit majors. It was crazy. Change. Then, then a di- two days later, he's complaining about the, the blind shots. <laughs> um, Brooks also signed off his presser with a little joke. Yeah, said said to all all the all the press in the in the press uh, in the in the quotes area. See you guys at Travelers next week. <laughs> the, the <laughs> and then ran off the stage, giggling to himself. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, John Rom played a practice round with Sergio on Monday, and then like uh, Pooj and and Phil on Wednesday. So just <laughs> fraternizing with the live guys. There's a Dan, Danny Rappaport tweet. John Rahm is aware of the live rumors and he finds them very, very amusing. I, yeah. I mean, I think he was still making declarations about it. Not like he just yeah. didn't, not interested, not real competition. But yeah, obviously right. had relationships with those guys. Some more from the Rom uh, from the Rom press conference. A lot of guys feel betrayed by management. I'm in a very high state of privilege in this world. I can do what I want. I can do I do I can do what I love for a living. I have a blast every single day, even though I made uh made on the course uh even though I get made on the course every once in a while. Mad on the course. Sorry, transcript uh, error. Good. <laughs> even though I get mad on the course every once in a while. Uh, when I start uh, start with that point of view, I can only be thankful of, of what's going on. If things change, things change. I'll have to adopt uh, adapt to the situation. At the end of the day, I'm extremely privileged. He was asked. Uh, he was asked if he was motivated by. Uh, this was really funny. So he was asked if he was motivated by potentially becoming the first Spaniard to win uh, two U.S. Opens. His wow. response, well, given I'm the only Spaniard to win this tournament, I am the only one who can do it twice. <laughs> I like vaguely remember that question now, live. It's not like not quite the Cam, Cam uh, yeah, Young, Young, the Bronx. From, from the yeah. Bronx at the at, at St. Andrews, but it's it's kind of getting close there. Yeah. Um. So like big props to the USGA, everybody. Everybody expects pace of play to be like a complete disaster. Like there's like these choke points. It's like, there's no way they're going to get around. And like pace of play was actually really good for the tournament. I had my first round notes under five hours on Thursday. I mean, the master Sunday was five, even in twos at Augusta. So yeah, they did. All right. Um, all right. We launched the George Thomas doc on Monday. I saw that, um, and that was one of the, my favorite pieces of content that we made for uh, Fried Egg this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't watched that, go check that out. It's on YouTube. I, I'm sure if you search, search George Thomas Golf Architecture, it would pull right up. Um, there's palpable Max Homa buzz. You had the course record, right? You yeah. One pack, yeah. Everybody yep. like you know um, was talking yep. about Max in the lead up. He, he he played okay. He scrapped. 
you know, he had a kind of a rough first round. Um, yeah. Patrick Reed wore this like really, really weird shirt in a practice round. It was like multicolored and it had a skull and crossbones on the back of it. Oh, it was like, I vaguely remember this. Wasn't it kind of like hologramish? <laughs> yeah. Like if depending on how the light hit it, it would reveal itself and then not. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Bodenhammer, Hammer, uh, quote from his press conference that I thought was like actually pretty good. Um, if the if we get conditions that we hope for and the weather cooperates, we can get bounciness and firm and fast conditions. We think the best players in the world will rise to the top. When the ball hits the ground here, it will go all over the place. Now, you must shape your ball a certain way to keep it in the fairway. One, one that slopes left to right, you have to hit a right to left shot to keep it in the fairway. Players will have to think their way uh, around the course, and the player that does their homework will have will do better. There's a strategic nuances there. Um, if you understand them, you have an advantage. But the idea, like I found that, like the players, best players in the world will rise to the top. And I just think, like we'll get into it, but like four guys had a chance to win on Sunday. And I think that's usually, I to me, like a really good barometer of a golf course doing work is when you get four guys, and the four guys were Rory, Scotty, Wyndham Clark, and Ricky. Ricky. Like, and yep. nobody else had a chance except for those four guys. Yep. And you had like flirtations from like a DJ and Cam Smith, not late on Sunday, but like other names, certainly there on the weekend too. Yeah, but they didn't even guys. have a chance. Not on Sunday, no. Yeah. No. Um, tip. Uh, then there's Shotgun Start unveiled a tipping story that we got from the grounds about p- lead-up practice rounds where the USGA was taking care of caddy fees. Who was the cheap one? Charlie Hoffman gave oh, no tip. That's right. That's and right. To his credit, Patrick Reed yeah. was the most generous player. Wait, this, yeah. The new live money. I remember someone telling us that he was uh, escorted around by by the club's premier caddy, one of the club's premier caddies, and given a true you know experience that he complained that Tiger got from from Kerry Cosby at at Southern Hills. He got that from. <laughs> right about that. All right, that does it for the lead. All right, Thursday. So much course talk in the lead up. And we uh, open with 62s from Ricky and Xander. And I'll get to that. It just leads to this firestorm of this isn't my U.S. Open. Daniel Rappaport tweeted TPC LACC at one point with the 62s. So we got that going on Thursday right into the fires with the course in the crosshairs. Um, USGA, I don't know if you remember this. They had like extra scaffolding and range netting beyond like the permanent range net they put in. Do you remember they had like the main mm-hmm. entrance there? Because I think it was Bryson, maybe somebody yeah. else was shipping balls, and it was I more like somebody, the right. I think somebody got hit. Somebody got domed. I remember there was being there. Was, yeah, I think there's blood, and it was not great. And they sent out a warning or a notice about it. So again, driving ranges, balls just flying out of the yard um, immediately. So we're on the west coast. A little bit of late start. We immediately, one year removed from Brookline, right into the horrors of Law & Order SVU. <laughs> just ravaging the youth, just trying to watch watch innocent little golf. 
Uh, there was Thursday, nice, nice uplifting episode about incest on Law and Order before, as the U.S. Open comes on the air, and the visuals are just they're not good. Um, there's there's drama, potential scandal about players using the back fourteen as a backboard. I think Homa talked about it. The backboard, uh, you know, the grandstand on fourteen, obviously a go for it and two kind of hole. And guys are talking about just sending it, ripping it in the backboard, even ripping it to 15T off that members uh, members grandstand at certain points. But that that erupts. Like, are we going to see that in action? There was also that uh, fear that they would do it off the tee, right, with that kind of chalet on the left side of 14. But people worried about that. Um, what else? Oh, DJ shoots 64. It's his 10th career score of 65 or better in a major. And it sets the matches the all time mark set by Tiger Woods. Wow. He shot sixty five ten times or more in a major. That's the longevity of DJ. the The hardest courses, the biggest events, and he shoots sixty four. Um. So Xander and Ricky shoot sixty two, and everybody loses their mind. The people loses who want their it, mind. Every you know, same thing as with Wayne Foot from a couple of years ago, like. Uh, you know, everybody needs to be pulling their hair out and shooting seventy eight. So the 62, best, the best part. Yeah, think about I. I'm I. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shoot shots. I'm not gonna shoot shots. But people that were criticizing the course are the same people that are criticizing the idea of a ball rollback. Yeah, yeah. It's I'll the get exact to same people. Yep. You can't be both. Yep, yep. You either got to be a meathead and say everybody should be able to hit it four hundred yards, but then, then you be can't fine. also be yeah. fine with the golf sixty twos. Yeah. Yeah, the U.S. Open that can't be complete constrained. clown clown yeah. takes clown yeah. show takes. Yep, yep. So that was that became a big tension there uh, to the point where there were there were people <laughs> proposing conspiracy theories that the USGA was making it easy as further support for potential rollback to to reinforce the need for rollback. They were purposely softening the course to support their rollback. <laughs> Initiative. So there's all sorts of conspiracies and stupid chatter. Just let off by these 62s. But in the morning round, on the morning wave, when these guys went out, they were five clear of the next. So these were just two exceptional rounds. It wasn't like there were a bunch two, of... Two exceptional rounds, and everybody knew that the morning was going to be easier because there was the marine, gloom. like, yes. literally, like, yes. anybody that understood how weather worked there and how golf courses work there. Like the morning was a huge advantage, a huge advantage. So, but that doesn't, people just see 62 and they lost their mind. Scotty Scheffler personally did not see that. He was out in the wave, but I guess it was out there. That's some serious golf. USJ will be a bit frustrated that the number was that low today, but you just wait until this place firms up. It's going to be nasty. Uh, it's not really, Shoffley says, it's not really what you expect playing a U.S. Open, but monkey see, monkey do. I was just chasing Ricky up the board and glad he was ahead of me. Um, they were but like again, in back-to-back groups too. Like the- Yeah, close. Yep. <clears throat> and, and so like the strokes gain numbers bore it out. Like, you know, Ricky was 12th, 3rd, 17th, and 1st in the main metrics. You know, off the tee, Shoffley was ninth, first in approach. It was like what you wanted. It wasn't like the guy just poured in 80 footers for like, uh, an hour. It was it was like two exceptional rounds that were clear and away better than everybody else. But people just took it the sixty two and then it was easy for everybody. Uh, 
Uh, Ricky, to his great credit, still gave a lot, a lot of credit to uh, John Tillery. Like, just total class act as Ricky all week. He was, like, really endearing. Hadn't won yet, but incredibly sort of magnanimous all, all week, even playing with Wyndham Clark to the end. Rory shoots 65, goes out in 30, his lowest opening nine of any major in his career. He went out in 30, just lighted up. Everybody's fired up. He's just throwing darts. Uh, bogey-free nine, and then he whiffed on a chip. On 18. Oh, yeah, remember Do you remember that. this? Kind of went yeah. under the ball, but then know. made an incredible bogey, I believe. He got up and made a 10-foot bogey. Um, what else happened? Pace of play was quite good. Uh, Phil, something, Phil was like playing well and then just went implode, big time implosion at six. I couldn't find the details, but I think he just went nuclear at six maybe he got unlucky <laughs> a bad no. lie around the tricked up grass i don't he remember listen, what it was. he didn't follow the data <laughs> i couldn't find the specifics but he was doing okay and then just went boom at six um i think that does it for the main stuff at thursday but just the hollering about the course really really kicks into high gear all right so friday Ricky's 10 under through 36 holes. He just keeps the pedal down. I think he opened with like four more straight birdies. People are losing their minds. First tee is like a sectional. You had some tweets. Like you were on the first tee. It's incredible. You have these pictures. <laughs> I had a video, it's like I scattered think. like. It's like a member guest. Bar top <laughs> tables on the patio with like a person here and a person there. And that's it. It's it's the photos staggering. Like this is Jordan Spieth about to tee off in the U.S. Open. Oh, you'd expect that. <laughs> Just a guy. Well, I think I I popped you. Like you can't have it both ways. <laughs> um, there was. Oh my god! Did James Hatton delete his Twitter account since I did my research? This post is from an account that no longer exists. I think James Hatton might have deleted his Twitter account. That'd be terrible. I don't know. Maybe oh, not. Maybe no. I just had the wrong. Maybe I had the wrong tweet plugged in there. Yeah, I don't know. Hans tweet. James Hans account is not. Oh, you don't. You you rely on links. A lot of times. Oh, I just I copy and paste in the the text. Sometimes so I, I can't do. lose it. I think John James Hans has deleted his Twitter account, or maybe blocks me. Maybe he did it for year review research. Got in their way. I have an amazing James Hans. I think we tweet. got through most of it. Shit. That was a good one. All I have is hyped as amazing James. I'll have to find that. Um, hospitality Pavilion. This is Friday. Bunker right on one. Remember they hospitality into this bunker? Yeah. And guys are taking line of sight relief because in a bunker that's in play, but they've got like a corner of this hospitality in the middle of a hazard. Um, so people just start shipping it right. I mean, it's an easy part five to start shipping it right into these hospitality ships. Uh, sun comes out finally, you know, and the afternoon scores immediately go up. There was like a Harris English moment. I don't remember this, but <laughs> people thought Harris English was going to like run away with it. Um, I teased this last week. Crazy Brandle line. He said there were no trees on classic courses, golden age courses, because they needed firewood. So that's why they were chopping down the trees for firewood in the milled ships. Such, um, such an absurd absurd thing to say rory keeps it up again another sterling round the concept of like good bogeys we talked about with a bunch place with a bunch of half pars right like his bogeys came on sort of the hard half par holes that yeah. makes sense that he like kind of was really strategizing throttling down 
uh, what was it three where he's not hit sending driver up? He was like handing way back for a better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like really strategizing his way around nearly ace is nine nearly walk off ace with the nine. Um, he talks about afterwards. He's in great shape watching Hoylake his 2014 win at Liverpool. I actually couldn't believe how many irons and three woods I was hitting off the tee. He said it set something off in my mind. You know how to do this. You know how to play smart. You don't have to hit driver all the time. Yes, it's a big weapon. It's a big advantage. But I keep saying that I've got more weapons in my arsenal, I feel, now than I did back then. So may, I may as well use them and play to them. I feel like I've showed a lot of resilience in my career, ups and downs. I keep coming back. Well, that means I get rewarded or punched in the gut or whatever it is. I'll always keep coming back. And, of course, that was Friday afternoon. And, and Sunday would be, you know, a punch, punch in the gut. Um, what else? Oh, we close our podcast with a couple horror stories about the TV switch over to Law & Order. I think you were, like, watching Josie. Yeah. And Kaylee came in the room started, what are you watching? There was some like, you know, they found dead hookers and a thing that there's drug overdoses. Again, both of us had personal anecdotes of law and order. Like our own, we, we are watching, we are vigilant about this issue. And yet this is the U S open tradition now. Of, well, of USA that's, uh, that's the thing that, uh, that, that uh, NBC has done for us golf fans. They, they, they picked up where TNT uh, left off. When we got we got rid of TNT, we thought we were getting rid of Law and Order. <laughs> yeah. But yep. NBC, that's where we're at. You know, they can't uh, stay. They can't put it on Golf Channel anymore. It's US, USA or Peacock, and and now we get uh, get that bullshit. Um, we Garrett had a great piece about the the U.S. Open venue that pleases everyone no longer exists, and talking about how you can't be rollback, you can't be against rollback, and also mad about the sixty twos and the low scores, the ten under. Um, you know, if it was if it was LACC, much different than Shinnecock, miles away from Shinnecock. You know, if it was sunnier out there and windier, would we be talking about the USGA trying to embarrass these guys? Phil Mickelson said, "I thought the course was incredibly set up." The scores are a little bit lower with the greens being receptive and so forth, but there's a lot more teeth in this course if they want to use it. Um, Garrett just kind of forcing, like, well, look at what's being done to make birdies. It's not a dartboard. It's not like, you know, thoughtless golf. Like the birdies. It's like actually like watching golf shots and, and, and not, you know, just trying to get takes out. Yep. Yep. You wrote eloquently about, uh, yeah, Rory's strategy strategy at, at five, you know, where he was not hitting driver off. And so, like, just kind of like the way to get birdies uh, was a little different. So, um, all right. DJ, disaster. I think he had a quad bogey eight on two. Do you remember this? He's just, like, kind yeah. of inching it all the way up to. Not one of the hardest holes out there. It was, but like, he makes on Saturday, right? That was Friday. This is Friday. Friday. Phil gets heckled by a guy in a sombrero who's just, I don't know, showed up. One of the rare fans who wasn't a member got out on the grounds and was heckling him and then came back on Saturday. But he's in a sombrero just shouting about something Saudi. You had a you had a catnip moment. You found Adam Hadwin chucking his club into a bush. Uh-huh, yeah. Then he had to do the walk of shame and go retrieve it. And he's like kind of stumbling around in the bushes and falling over. And that got aggregated everywhere. This was right after he'd been tackled on the 18th green in, in Canada. Um, Brooks Kepka says he's not a huge fan of the go- golf course uh, just because of the preponderance of blind shots. So he's just not a huge fan. This got kind of overblown as like he rips the course, he hates the course, but he just was like pretty, 
even keel about it when asked i think kvv asked him he's like yeah you know i'm just not a huge fan of it i i struggle with all the blind shots or i, I don't like all the blind shots uh missed cuts guys uh, Spieth misses, Phil misses, Max Homa misses after like very all the pre-tournament hype. He, he I think he had just like a really bad last hour. Um, Adam Scott, Jason Day, and then there's Justin Thomas at 14 over. He shot 81 on oh, Friday. Yeah, they were drinking together. Oh, that was Saturday uh, or Saturday. Sunday. They're doing like tweeting and the wine yeah. yep. from the wine yep. bar. Yep. Uh, JT says it's pretty shitty when you shoot 14 over. Uh, I'll figure it out. I have another major left. If I go win the British Open, nobody even remembers that I've missed the cut by a zillion here. So I've just got to find a way to get better. Um, so it was the second worst of score of his PGA Tour career, that 81. He said it was, quote, the lowest I've ever felt. So on the golf course, bunch of doubles and, and bogeys. So, oh, and then late Friday night, Scotty does that launch of his club on the range. Remember he did that like two-hand toss that became sort of a viral moment Friday. Saturday, Ricky's still your leader with Wyndham Clark at 10 under. Um, there's this crackpot theory that USJ is making it easier to support rollback. That starts to gain a lot more steam. Um, there's conditions drama. You know, Bonehamer says it will get spicy, uh, but scoring options, scoring conditions are optimal. Um, this it doesn't fully materialize. It doesn't get really punishing. And there's a lot of angst about it. Like this was the day to push it. And it feels like they didn't. You talked to the super who said, told Andy that these are the driest he's ever measured. The greens were the driest he's ever measured. That's Saturday. Uh, 15 is eventually is finally set up at 80 yards. It's catnip, but eh, kind of nah. Sam Bennett shaved his beard overnight, showed up just <laughs> freshly shaved. And everybody was worked up about that. Blocky, not oh, in the US Open as a, as a player, place, right? but yeah, he shows up. He's on the grounds. There's a child in tears meeting him, which Tron got a picture of. I believe it was Tron. Oh, no, it was on Blocky's uh, Instagram story. Kids in tears with the chance to get to meet Blocky, like some girl meeting Taylor Swift. But he's there. Blocky steals the show. He's on the grounds. Uh Coverage was absolutely roasted. I think they missed like the leaders teeing off or something. Ricky's water bottle really starts to become a thing. Uh, some of the houses get involved. The houses along five are like blasting house music. And like Rory tries to tell them to pipe down before Xander has to hit a shot. So that becomes a moment of amusement. Uh, you apparently had an overzealous security guard trying to jam you and several others on the ground. Some some guy walking. You were inside the ropes. Oh, some guy was, was getting after us. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so strange. Yeah. Uh, C. Wu pretends to get hit by Keith Mitchell drive into 14T. It was great. He goes just threw himself to the ground and tried to fakely got hit by Keith Mitchell. Not his drive. His second shot into 13. Good C. Wu antics. I found. Um, what else? Uh, Xander, I think, is in the second to last group. So, Wyndham Clark gets dropped from coverage on his opening tee shot. Like, is he getting Weisbergered? They're not even showing him. He's in the final group. He didn't show him. But Xander, I think, is with Rory. Oh, he played terrible. And the right first hole. The so, this complete kind of easy handshake of a par five. I think he made like a lucky boat, like a miracle boat. Yeah. He, and he everybody's, hitting, I think he was hitting four from the fairway. 
Everybody's tweeting house cat stuff like right away. (laughs) This easy part five. I think it took him three shots to get to Rory's drive. Yeah. He duffed it or topped one or something. Well, he got in the bunker and he like didn't get it out or something. It was just, I think he might've, I think he might've hit it into somewhere and then chipped it into the bunker, then splashed it out of the bunker. he like three bogeys in his first five holes. Everybody's tweeting house cat stuff, but he does like right. Kind of got it together. Yeah. He, I think he shot an even par or something. Zinner has, a, Zinner has a big rant about walkbacks to tease. So everybody goes, Oh, so you must be, you must be pro rollback. If you have this big rant, you're anti walkback. Um, but he wasn't. No, no. Wyndham Clark was 53rd out of, at this point, 65 players in strokes gained approach. But he was so good with his driver and, po- uh, and putter that, like, his iron play, his poor iron play didn't matter. And that was, of course, what he had improved in the year, this great jump. But um, Saturday, I we don't talk about this enough. I had forgotten about it. His final shot into 18 on, on Saturday night was one of the shots of the year. It wasn't so the good. hardest shot or, or, like, the trickiest shot, but one of the coolest moments in the dark. Flags it, the most violent club twirl. Zayner's like panting, what a twirl, Dan. Twirls it, hits off the stick and puts and taps in for Birdie to, you know, elbow his way into the final group. Big Needed deal. it. It was huge. It was an amazing shot, amazing twirl, really cool moment of the year. One of the moments of the year. Such a big deal for him to be in that final group. Then he walks in, he pops the USJs. Like we had to play Twilight Golf. Ricky and I had a little bit of a disadvantage on those last two holes playing in the playing in the dark. I I would like to think that they would step in and, and be like, "Hey, we want to make sure it's light and we have time." They were off. I think three forty local was the last tee time. Sunday they're off by like two thirty, a full hour and ten minutes earlier, and it was dark. He was pissed. It's crazy to think we're doing this on the last two holes of a major when we could have teed off two hours early earlier hopefully tomorrow we don't have that issue when ricky was also like if that was a pga tour event they would have blown the horn it was so dark so that was like the only kind of quote-unquote us usga bit of drama he called it ridiculous but you know a guy who's barely played in any majors coming out and putting it down for him so um he said i could not see the ball and we were just playing off field that's when he's twirling he's like i could not see the ball just playing off field it's amazing Uh, um Scheffler is just out of it. And then he eagles 17 on a hole out and birdies 18. He was seven shots off the lead uh, starting on 17. And then all of a sudden he was within three shots. It's great. In like a 20 minute span. Insane. Insane finish. Uh, Fitzpatrick has a go at the course. I just think the golf course is interesting to be polite. I think this is a guy he ripped the old course a year before, right? Didn't he kind of go at the old course? Him and Danny Raps were were exchanging texts about it. TPC, TPC, LA. I just think the golf course is interesting to be polite. I think there's too many holes for me where you got blind tee shots and then you got fairways that don't hold the ball. There's too much slope. The greens certainly play better when they're firmer. I think that's the case. They're rolling really, really well. Some of these tee shots, I just think they're unfair. They're a bit unfair. You hit a good tee shot and you end up and the rough by a foot, and then you're hacking it out. Meanwhile, someone has hit it miles offline the other way, and they've got a shot. Yeah, not my cup of tea. Hovland, I'm not a big fan of this golf course, to be honest. I think there's some good holes. I don't think there's any great holes. I think there's a few bad holes. 
I think number nine is probably the best hole out here, in my opinion. So Hovland, not with the, the greatest uh, endorsement of LACC. Patrick Harrington, with some enlightened takes. He goes, uh, you, if you produce golf course in this good of condition, these are probably the best greens we've ever putted on in a major. I'm telling you, these are just pure bent surface, which is beautiful to put on. And if you produce these good greens, you're going to get these scores. Kind of like, hey, like yeah. it's perfect greens. Bryson has kind of an enlightened take. Bryson, of all the guys bitching about blind tee shots, bitching about balls bouncing into the rough by a foot and being over penalized, he goes, there are numerous holes where you have to play the correct shot shape with how the fairway moves and everything. So there's some off-wind holes where it's off the left. It's just diabolical. It's a completely different test of golf. So Bryson, very uh, kind of enlightened on the course after a lot of guys have complained. The, the crowd stuff really starts to take off. Uh, Joel Beal had a report. There were 4,000 tickets available to the public. There are meager grandstands and, and sort of... Uh, Meager grandstands in very important areas, right? It's hard to get to in some places. But Beal's report said 23,000 tickets, close to 14,000 are allotted for suites and hospitality, meaning 9,000 are just left as GA, general admission. He said out of those 9,000, it's believed just half were allotted to the general public as LACC gobbled up somewhere in the range of four to 4,500. 4, Persistent claim leading up to the championship was that LACC attempted to buy all of the tickets and a USGA official would not comment on the matter. So we're talking about 4,000 to 4,500 tickets a day. Uh, so the atmosphere, Fitzy pops that. He goes, very poor. It's disappointing on the USGA side. They want a great tournament. I've heard a lot of members bought tickets, and that's why there's so many less people. It's just not the same for the US Opens going forward. That's your defending champion. Uh, Ricky, bad, bad atmosphere. Well, Ricky poured in a 70-footer on uh, thirteen. And that's like a bad corner where there wasn't anything. And that's when everyone really pounced nobody, on it. Yeah, nobody could get back there. I actually remember when we made that putt. Yeah. I think like people, you know, I was like about as close as you could get. I was, you know, 150 yards away. Yep. Everybody like, did pounced. That, did that go in? 69 yard or 69 <laughs> foot putt. He, he poured it. Um, the night ends with you. Getting absolutely alphaed on Radio Row. Do you remember oh, this guy, yeah. Baines, on the glass? You were talking too loud in the media center. The guy behind you trying to record his radio show. I can't, Baines I can't, on the glass. I can't record from the press center anymore. We're in the middle of recording. You're like, KVV's not getting his glass banged on. Leavener's not getting his glass banged on. Why am I getting banged at? <laughs> so you had to whisper for the last half of our Saturday night podcast. The guy getting yelled at. Sunday, uh, Wyndham Clark wins, as we all remember. You or you or somebody discovers he had just played an opposite field event. It's kind of st- staggering, his lack of major championship experience. Also, he was just playing uh, the op- like opposite field event like Puerto three Rico months ago. Yeah, like two months yeah. ago. Um, Zayner has a bad day. Tough day for Zayner, especially at nine. Uh, he, he, uh, you know, when Clark, it looks like he's leaking oil. He's finally going to, you know, give it away. He misses it on nine. He goes, that's not going to catch the hill. Ball catches the hill. That's not going to do much more. The ball runs down near the hole. Uh, and then that's not going to get close. It gets close to like three feet. And everybody from then on was just really having a go at, at Azinger as people tend to do on golf Twitter. Uh, a lot of content on Ricky and Wyndham using the same putters in the final group. 
like too much content for my liking. Uh, what, Gordon Sargent, the, the jailbreak, jailbird, yeah, right? Yeah, this was, yeah. This was the the jailbird became before the the lab, right? Right. The right. Raises. I think so. Yes. Uh, Gordon Sargent, you remember he got rejected by the cup, and the ball went in. It popped back out, and they said someone in the prior group had kind of damaged it, pulling pulling the pin out. That was a bit of drama. Tommy Fleetwood, Sunday Fleetwood, rears his head. Going to shoot 62, for sure going to – he's not in contention. He shot 63 at Shinnecock, of course, and, uh, you know, there were 62s on Thursday, much tar- a little bit harder on Sunday. He misses a five-footer. He's just flying up the leaderboard, and then he has a chance to shoot. Then there's stakes, shoot 62, he misses a five-footer. Um, I didn't realize Ricky teed off with the first 54-0 lead of his major championship career. That's the first time he'd ever done it. Um Wyndham Clark wins, and there's all these comparisons to Sue Sink, Jimmy Walker, like Webb Simpson, like all this stuff. But uh, I don't know. It felt like because of those guys you talked about that were in the hunt, Ricky, Rory, that's where people felt disappointed. But Wyndham Clark was like exceptional. Um, Great round. Yeah. Uh, and, And he was amazing with like these bogey saves at eight, like up and down when it looked like people were just waiting for him to make a put on 16 or 17 or 15. He did a perfect chip at 17. He got lucky. Yeah. Cause he hit it miles left. Yeah. He got lucky and then he had a good chip at 17. He also lagged it perfectly at 18. He was like always on 18 was so good. Everybody talks about the drive, right? Well, the drive's a good question because the ball speed was so high that he yeah. couldn't have mishit the drive. Right, right, right. Well, the and the tracer was there and he couldn't see it cuz of saw like it's people assumed he just uh, like you're some 10 handicap like he mishits it where would it go kind of thing. But yeah, the people pounced on that drive on 18. Um what else do we have here? Uh obviously a shot at 14. Like 14 is one of the differences. He's 282 yards. Remember he rips it through the yeah. neck at 14 like that. That was an all-timer. Uh, and that came just after Roy McIlroy dumped a gap wedge into the face of the bunker. Remember, he gets embedded ball relief, oh, makes God. a six at 14. A uh, couple weeks later, the USGA would say they made the incorrect ruling on that. Like, live bots were jumping on that. So he got embedded ball relief. But Roy talked about it after. He's like, I, I went from a sand to a gap. Should have waited for the wind to die down and he dumps a gap wedge into the bunker, makes a six to 14. Wyndham Clark threads it. Like remember he goes down to one knee. Yeah. Like as a tracer, super cool uh, visual. Um, what else happened? Uh, and, and Rory misses all the birdie putts. He's like, it's just like the old course, the, you know, his British open the year before. I think he walked off and made it, made it something like that. Um, I'll keep it short on some of the uh, Wyndham had a great, quote he's like my first few years on tour it bothered me because people would say oh you have such a great swing and i didn't know where the ball was going so uh i've worked with some great coaches but i didn't know where the ball was going i didn't want to own it so he goes i went back to my own swing i try to get neutral so i i I just when i practice uh one day it's really cutty i'm trying to hit draws and then some days it gets too dry i hit huge cuts i go back and back and forth i've just done that for the last year and a half so I keep my own swing and my parameters to where regardless, I can play good golf. I'm hitting a draw or a cut. My stats have improved immensely. So a guy who just like took it upon himself, right? Started becoming his own coach. Started just trying to keep it both draw, both cut, and keep it kind of neutral and, and kind of made it made it 
his own swing again. Um, even while everybody was complimenting him for his, you know, talent and his swing right off the bat, uh, his Wikipedia, his major record was T75 and T76 and about like seven starts. And now he's just got the green one on his Wikipedia box. It was kind of a staggering kind of crazy. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, JT tweets at the fried egg about rolling the ball back, but I don't think he really like understood the point. We tweeted the strokes gained off the tee plus approach. Like Rory had, uh, had like six or seven more off the tee and approach gained. And then Clark, Wyndham Clark had gained like nine more than Rory on the putter. And I don't know why JT decided to respond to that, but he says, roll the ball back. Apparently putting can be a great equalizer, even if you can hit it 400 yards. Um, it's his point there. Uh, Rory talks about when I do finally win this next major, it's going to be really, really sweet. I would go through a hundred Sundays like this to get my hands on another major championship. So this comes after old course. People are kind of asking him what's next. Um, Garrett is very, you know, he's just trying to get through these course takes, yeah. right? Because the, the way top professionals play the game flattens the complexity of the old great courses. It held its own, yielding only 1872 whole scores under par and summoning great shots from the world's greatest players. So a lot of overreaction to those 62s, there were 1872 whole scores under par. So it was not 20 under par. The cut wasn't made. It was it, 10. You know? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. If you've played yep. even, if, if Ricky could have played even par, he would have been in a playoff. Yep. And so the 72nd hole drive obviously wasn't, Helpful to the rhetoric, to the discourse or the rhetoric. Wyndham Clark's, you know, after Thursday, people lost their minds about that. So that's where it kind of bookended and added the frustration. Uh, USGA lets fans storm the 18th fairway. Just kind of like people are saying, these are crisis actors. There's no real fans. USGA is trying to make a show with smoke and mirrors. Let them walk up. The, like this is Kiowa with Phil or something. Like there's not that many people. Uh, Ricky. An amazing week for Ricky, like just a total class act all the way through. He says, uh, he told Wyndham, your mom was with you and she'd be very proud, uh, is what he told Wyndham Clark after. And and Fowler kind of got emotional talking about that. Uh, Another close call. He'd obviously win in Detroit, but but was just like a really, I don't know, breath of fresh air all week. So that's your uh, US Open, Wyndham Clark champion at LACC. Let's move on. Travelers? Travelers. Another designated event or elevated event at this time, right signature. after. Yeah. Was it a signature at this point? No, it was designated. Designated. You had it right the first time. Yep. Oh, it's signature now. Yeah. God. It's getting late. Um are we getting are we getting to the open? I think we can. We're gonna be quick right. with these. We're gonna rip All through right. these. All right. Um, so you you had uh, you wrote a newsletter piece. It was actually Adam Shupak at Golf Week had a uh, report that uh, Oakmont members were grumbling, were grumbling about the work that hands oh, might yeah. do to their cherished U.S. Open venue, notorious for its brutality. So it was like they're that. worried about about Hans's renovation making it too easy, that. and like the LACC scores, like they're they're all grumbly and, and worried about it um so that was that was you know kind of a carryover from last week minwoo lee this was kind of a cool story that came out later so minwoo lee had planned to go watch his sister minji uh at the u.s uh, the women's pga at baltistral which was this week too 
um, at Travelers Week. Yep. So when Adam, Adam Scott offered him a ride on his private jet uh, to the Travelers, Lee said he wasn't in the field and he planned to go to New Jersey. Scott told him to just go finish in the top 10 at LACC. <laughs> um, so then he shot like a real low final round, shot up the leaderboard, uh, got into the event and got on the private jet. Right. So it's yep, kind of a yep, cool story cool thing. Yep. Um, Blocky uh, adds a Michelob Ultra sponsorship. God. <laughs> Guy, what a run. <laughs> what an insane We're run. Just getting started. Every big brand and every Fortune 500 company. Um, so <laughs> this is open letter week. Open letter week. So Tom Watson starts oh, it with an open letter to <laughs> shame on him. <laughs> That was so weird. Wasn't that Monday morning after the U.S. Open? Yeah. First, I wish Jay Monahan a complete and speedy recovery. I respect the leadership that he has shown in the past for our tour. It can't be an easy job. With the recent high hurdles of dealing with live poaching tour players and the legal battles presented as a result, I have a sense of the complexity of issues which he present- presently faces as a leader. Unfortunately, in the wake of recent news, I also understand... The cries of hip- hypocrisy. Because he is a smart man, I know Jay does too. In my opinion, the communication has been mishandled and the process by which the tour agreed on a proposed partnership with PIF was executed without due process. As a group of players and stakeholders who represent the face and the brands of the tour, what are our choices? My overarching questions remain. Is PIF the only viable rescue from the tour's financial problems? Was slash is there a plan B? And again, what exactly is the exchange? We need clarity and deserve full disclosure as to the final financial health of the PGA Tour and the details of this proposed partnership. Tom Watson aligns with the mules. In a way, yeah. My loyalty to golf in this country live in the same place uh, and have held equal and significant weight with me over my lifetime. Please educate me and the others in a way that allows <laughs> loyalty to both uh, and in a way that makes it easy to look 9-11 families in the eye and ourselves in the mirror. I'm grateful for our country and its abundant opportunities and this wonderful life made possible by the PGA Tour. So the very next day, Davis Love the Third writes oh an God. open letter. Our three commissioners have one critical common trait, the unwavering goal of basing all decisions on what's best for the players, sponsors, loyal fans, and the game, as well as generating millions of dollars for charity. This growth has only been possible because of our commissioners and the independent board directors have always guided us to sound business decisions and player input has been central to those decisions as a player directors have an equal voice and votes to approve and deny our path forward. So he's like preaching patience, right? Okay. And he's like, it's a vote of confidence from Monaghan, but like it's ironic because DL three, just a year earlier was suggesting that PGA tour players should boycott majors. Why was that? Oh, because they were allowing live guys players, to play? Yeah. 
I remember he had some insane take. I was trying to remember. <laughs> so now he's preaching patience, but a year earlier he was saying right. he was saying they should boycott majors. Right. God. <laughs> <laughs> 2031. Too many open letters. We need to stop with the open letters in 2024. Could be it could be one of your New Year's resolutions for golf. All right, that's it. There's a preview. 2031 U.S. Open at Riv is announced. It was like right yeah. after. There was tons of jokes about like, will Riv let on fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reality is, it's going to be like a very closed off event. I imagine. Yeah, similar corporate <laughs> stuff. Yep. NBC says it drew 6.2 million viewers across broadcast Peacock for clark's win uh it was up from 5.4 million last year and the most watched since 2019 so big win obviously west coast mm-hmm. majors are monsters when it comes to drawing fa- yep. interest um so this week the saudis are like buying all the soccer players oh god <laughs> and like soccer media and the general media is like how can this happen to a sport? And like, you know, it's like, yeah, the golf's yeah. like, welcome to our world. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. Um, so women's, uh, PG PGA at Baltusrol, obviously like Rose Yang hype is just through the roof. Uh-huh. Um, a different 20 year old wins, uh, ruining Lin Yin, uh, wins after shooting a final round 67, and uh, Rose finishes T8. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Ryder Cup. So this was from the newsletter. Ryder Cup scouting is in full swing on the DP World Tour with the T-sheet accommodating those efforts. All right. Guess who Luke Donald was playing with? Um, Morocco? Pa- Pablo LaRocca. LaRocca Ball. <laughs> He had won a couple times. I think Dodo Molinari. Who's Dodo Molinari playing with? Migliassi? Victor Perez and Tom McKibben. (laughs) Man, it really came together for Europe there in August. It did. It's like crazy when you look (laughs) through like some of the like the small Ryder Cup nuggets like throughout the year, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, Wemby gets drafted by the Spurs this week. All right. So on to the Travelers. Keegan shoots 62, 63, 64 the first three rounds at the okay. Travelers. Okay. Um, he wins by two shots. Yeah. And obviously he's super emotional. It's like, this is the event I came as a kid. Like, this is the one outside of the majors I wanted to win the most. You know, but, you know. New England event. At this yep. point, he's Ryder Cup lock. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I guess. I Because he won Zozo. Yeah. And he won this in the season, the FedEx season. Okay. Cool. Um, ZB went nuts at the end, end yeah. finishes T2, and Brian Harmon finished T2. So, okay. Um, okay. ZB made waves Daddy because boys. of his golf in the lead up. So he finished T2. <laughs> Monday, he played he at Eastward Ho. Fishers or something. Okay. Tuesday, he played Fishers Island. Okay. And Wednesday, he played Wingfoot. 
Just locked in at T. Cromwell. All right. So McCarthy lips out an approach for 59, settles for 60. Ricky shoots 60 on Saturday. Like, low scores everywhere. Kyle Porter tweeted, if you shot 63-63 at the Travelers, you're not in the final pairing on Saturday. (laughs) That's that's insane. And isn't this... I mean, it's another instant like heritage where like the purse is like as big or bigger than the major the week before, I would guess. Well, similar. So after is, I don't know if this is in your next week, but it's like that. Yeah, I've got it. Okay. Okay. Keegan Perfin. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you can talk about it now. You want me to talk about it now? No, no, we'll get to it. I got some Rory quotes on the course that I'll get to. I'll I'll lead into yours. So on, on Thursday, um, Wyndham Clark asked Justin Thomas to mark a ball from the fairway, and an open mic picked up JT say oh, and JT yeah. saying, "Guy wins one fucking U.S. Open, and I got to mark it from eighty yards." That was funny, and it was like it was in it's like a joke, joke, yeah. a joking manner. So the video was going nuts, and of course the PGA Tour wiped it clear. Um, oh, afterwards, God. he said, "Just poking fun at a friend." We had a blast today. I wanted him to hear it. Like yeah. really funny or a great moment. Like great moment of JT. Like line. in the moment. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. And the tour is like it's going nuts on social media and the tour just wipes it off it and it's so nowhere weird. to be found. It's like a rare time where a player showing real personality. Like an awesome right. like a moment. Like, you know, we talk about how it's hard for people to be fans of people. Like yeah, that's a moment yeah. where somebody might be like, I'm a fan of Justin Thomas. Like, he's funny. Right. And right. they just wipe it off the Internet. So, like, people can't discover it. It's just yep. like the madness of, of PGA Tour and their DMCAing is it's just unbelievable. It's kind of um, so the the this is a rare, rare occasion where fan energy at a PGA Tour oh, event yeah. is just like vastly superior to the week before <laughs> at a major championship. That's a good point. Uh, Rory had a whole one, I think, on Thursday, and it was it was a surprising stat. It was his first ever hole one on the PGA Tour. Ah, okay, I forgot about that. Um, he he gave a press conference, uh, talked about kind of LACC. Okay. Sitting on the 10th tee at St. Andrews with a three-shot lead, obviously not knowing what Cam was going to do, that was hard to take. But Wyndham played a great back nine of golf, and he held on well. He had some remarkable recovery shots and made some great saves. And, you know, the two shots into the 14th. Again, as I said on Sunday, the two things I'll rue from that day are the putt on eight and the wedge on four into 14. I felt like I did everything I wanted to do. Um. So the golf course is obviously a huge, huge subject. And like, this is the perfect example. This this is a great, great Rory quote, like a great example to use for the rollback, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, technology has passed this course by, right? Um, He said this after the final round. It sort of has made it obsolete, especially as soft as it's been with a little bit of rain that we had. Like the conversations going back to, you know, limiting the golf ball and stuff like that. When we have to come to courses like this, they just don't present the challenge that they used to. You can grow the rough up 
and hope and hope you get firm conditions so it gets tricky. I think the blueprint for a really good golf course isn't growing the rough up and making fairways tight that bunches everyone together. The blueprint is something like LACC, where you have wide targets, but if you miss, it's penal. This isn't that sort of golf course. It's not that sort of layout. It doesn't have the land to do it. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, when you get soft conditions like this, you've got the best players in the world. This is what's going to happen. Yep. And so the next week, I'll just do it during 3M Wednesday. There's an AP report that they're going to Keegan proof the course Keegan proof. Cause of course he went 63, whatever. And, and Garrett wrote about it in our newsletter. Uh, AP reports that they're looking at making course changes as a response to low scoring. AP wrote that Andy Bissett, a traveler's executive, reached out to several of the tour's top players. That's who you want input to ask for advice. They provided about 10 specific suggestions he feels can be implemented right away. He didn't go into detail, but the AP noted that there have been suggestions such as increasing the number of hazards on the course, growing growing out the rough, shrinking the greens and narrowing some fairways those are the player suggestions uh keegan shot one at 23 under there were eight rounds of 62 or better rory's comments that it was obsolete but yeah uh keegan proof in the course travelers wants to do it like easy tweaks like uh, not easy but you know quick chalk, chalk up uh, another couple million into the pile <laughs> of you know when it, when you say this is going to cost spot uh cost the manufacturers millions is well what are we costing golf courses there's there's uh three four or five more million right there and obviously the garrett wrote eloquently about like the last people you should be like letting set the course set chart the course of your your layout and like a few tour players who are just <laughs> ripping it into 62s so all right. um one more european rider cup note like state state of european rider cup team at this point in the year patrick harrington shoots 28 on the back nine to win on the champions tour and there is legitimate like this is a, probably the, <laughs> the bit most of it the buzz of Patrick Harrington should make the Ryder Cup European Ryder Cup team chatter. It's just like going hard right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last last little note, Christo Lamprecht, six foot eight South African wins uh the British Am. Okay. Gets, Gets himself in the, in the open, which I think he's the round one leader. Yeah, I think and he, they missed the cut though. Did he? Yeah. He was a factor there early. Okay. All, All right. right. The travelers. Travelers. All right, Keegan proofing. God, there's no way we're getting to the open. I don't know. All right, so Rocket Mortgage. I'm going to be devoid of coffee the morning. Rocket Mortgage. Just go out and get a coffee. Do they not open till uh, late? I don't, I, don't get, I don't buy coffee in my town. It's fucking disgusting. The coffee shops? Yes. I, I, I won't spend money. I haven't, I haven't. I bought one cup of coffee from it, and I'll never go back again. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, let's rip through Rocket Mortgage. You need to go. Do you want to no. go? All right, Rocket Mortgage. Um, early in the week, Eric Cole is playing the Frank B. Fur Invitational in Pittsburgh. He drives through the night from Travelers Cromwell to Pittsburgh. This event is a twenty thousand dollar purse. They always gave oh, him a spot. If you so don't, good. if you have a spot, you turn it down. You shouldn't. You know, you're never asked back. It's a 
tournament that means something to him when he was kind of a journeyman mini tour guy. So he went, he cleaned up. He's having an increase like top 40 in the FedEx Cup at the time. Cleans up this event. There's some backlash. Like, why is this guy playing this event with these like mini tour pros? But it means a lot to him. Um, the PJ Tour, and this talk about deleted tweets. At one point earlier in the week, attempted to draw a connection in the record books between the old Buick at Warwick Hills and the Rocket Mortgage <laughs> Classic. It suggested like this would record books, something, this would be the first such and such. We haven't seen someone win this much since Tiger. At War- and we just pounced on that and they deleted their tweet quickly. Like you cannot, can't, like the Rocket Mortgage's roots are at the <laughs> national in DC. Which one is it? They Which can't one even is it? keep it straight. Yeah, we pounced on them when they deleted that tweet. Hopefully, you know, I don't know. I I feel bad if if the tour completely restructures, we lose all the history of the events. But is there any history in any of the events left anyway? (laughs) Who knows? The LA opens no more. Yeah, the, uh, the Western opens no more. <laughs> sure, the, the the Detroit event, Warwick match Hills plays. no more. Yeah. Match plays dead. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. yeah, there are no events. Like the only, uh, there's no events that are the same <laughs> as they used to be. I just love that. Which one is it? Uh, we had a great sort of communal bit of idios- idiocy at the shotgun start with the three one three walk, the three one three challenge. Where listeners would try to walk exactly 3.13 miles and time it on their little steps tracker. People were flummoxed by this all week. The objective was unclear. There was no purpose. There was no charitable component of any kind. No no prize. Nothing. People just, everybody started trying to go for walks that were exactly 3.13 miles and send in their screenshot. Maybe the Rocket Mortgage has to stick around so we can get that. So we had our own 313 challenge. Um, The leaks are back. The framework agreement and it's, you know, the actual document is leaked. Curiously, to only golf reporters all at about the same time on a Monday night. You know, I think Brendan Quinn had it for the athletic. I was doing year review research for the next week, Scottish Open, the congressional hearings. And everybody's like, oh my God, Congress gets the Congress, Capitol Hill is the leakiest place on earth. Um, of course, as soon as they get documents, the whole framework agreement is out. And Blumenthal makes the tour admit that they leaked the document. That you're like, please make sure you you made this document public. And it is like obviously. Yeah, it came it from all- the tour when it was all golf reporters and not like Politico or whatever else, Capitol Hill reporters. So it was just very, um, I don't know, transparent what happened. So that's out. Everybody starts um, sort of pouring through that. There's not a lot of details. We don't learn a lot of that. Um, we did learn it was dated May 30th, I believe. So they sat on it for a week before they did the CNBC interview. There's a player meeting at... Uh, Detroit. Peppy Peter does a long interview with Adam Shupak that, that a lot of people um That's when Lanto when Lanto got mad at him. Is that right? Got well, mad at uh, I mean they he turned his back on the mules. Yeah, so Pe- Peppy Peter's like bouncing around. There there are two definite things from the meeting are the tour understands that they've messed up and there's a huge divide of trust. Second thing is the tour's day-to-day operations are still going really well. For the players, despite obviously a big cloud of doubt and mistrust. Uh, it's pretty amazing, like some of the quotes now, looking back on it. I don't know that I want to go over all of it, but he talked about like 
everybody's gonna have to go back to Q school, the live guys. Like DJ has a lifetime exemption, so he doesn't have to, but you're gonna have to go back to Q school. Um Peppy Peter said he left the room optimistic because I feel the best way for the board and executive team of the tour to regain the trust of the players is to A, turn this deal into something that feels morally acceptable and drives tremendous growth, or B, listen to the players and the players say there's no way that this deal can be more morally acceptable to us and we don't want to do it. So kind of an interesting dichotomy there back in July. Um, so like, yeah, they're, they're calling them hip- hypocrites. Uh, there's, you know, there's some distrust about the Delaware group, just trying to take more and more of the pie, just a lengthy interview that tried to clear things up. And mostly people said he was, it was a good perspective he brought in, in this long interview, but that took the cake. Um, what else with the framework agreement out, you know, everybody's like the antitrust, like this is such a black leather violation of antitrust. And it's like, is there a failing firm defense? We're all trying to be antitrust lawyers that, you know, live or the tour they needed to come together. Um, there's this big drama of how equity in the new co could be allocated to like the players who passed it up. Um, it's just, and then what big one in the document is there's a non-disparagement clause, right? So, and it does not apply just to the PIF, but to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia as a whole. So what does that mean? Like, does that mean Jay Monahan is like, who's, is that about MBS? You can't be saying big, bad things about MBS. There's this non-disparagement clause and the actual document becomes, gets in the crosshairs. Um, one thing that's just clear. And I, I think I wrote this. The Saudis have always had a lot to lose, less to lose than the tour. Both sides are committed to quote unquote good faith effort to sort out all the particulars and finish this. Again, there's no particulars really. What came out was not, we didn't learn a lot. But if it falls apart, the tour is screwed. The se- they have seemingly played all their cards, burning the lawsuit stick, giving up any claim to moral high ground, and officially welcoming the piff into the game for players and sponsors to run to themselves. If the deal goes through in a form resembling this framework, they will have what appears to be a lot more money from a new partner while still re- retaining control. But the tour is much more exposed than their partners, should this thing fall apart for any reason. Antitrust, a mutiny from their own players or board or something else. And I think that's kind of how it's borne out, yeah. right? I mean, the tour mm-hmm. has always been more exposed than, than they have a lot more to lose. So, um, Well, they might just get a ton of, ton of money. Now it's going to, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, who said this? Oh, uh Someone said from the tour said, we are confident that the tour's mission will continue to focus and focus on showcasing the game of golf while serving local communities. Just doesn't seem like that's really where the, no. the mission is. That's all I'd say, uh, which is fine. Was, I, I, I just wouldn't use that sort of cloak and dagger anymore. Um, what else happened this week? Uh, a lot of Peppy Peter quotes. Um, USGA says the ruling to Rory was wrong on 14. Adam Scott posted a note to Instagram blasting an Eamon Lynch article uh, titled Jay Monahan's retreat at least spares him the spectacle of Patrick Cantley's artless coup. So Monahan's still in, in leave of absence. And so Adam Scott did this long letter of like, don't attack, you know, Patrick Cantley or the players. It was reshared or reposted by JT, Ricky, Zalatoris, and others. And it was just like, it was an interesting tact. Like, going back at the media, defending Cantlay at that time. Uh, I think Scott I don't know. and Cantlay are, 
are pretty close. Yeah. But like there's been a lot of internecine conflict, right? The players haven't all got along and yeah. they were kind of rallying around Patrick Cantley. And I would imagine Eamon knows a lot where the bodies are buried on a lot of stuff like that. Um, at the Rocket Mortgage, Peter Kest comes out hot. Ludwig Aberg lights it on fire and Sam Bennett. So there's this total youth. So they do this player, like this, po- you know, uh, all the mule meeting, I guess, all the, the player meeting on Tuesday. And immediately it's like, Ludwig Aberg, Sam Bennett are just lighting it on fire. The new guys, the new talent, the yeah. coming for all the mules uh, go crazy early at Rocket Mortgage. Uh, oh, Sergio and Rory are apparently friends again. Sergio had a quote, the U.S. Open, it was a great event for me. I feel like I played well, but more than anything, because I gained a friend back, <laughs> a friend that I kind of felt like I lost in the last year or so. We talked and we had a great conversation, and I feel like I have that friend back, and that means a lot. That's a very positive thing. I think that he was talking about Rory. That was the guess, people said. Um, what else happened? Oh, this was Live Valderrama week. Uh, Phil, this is the, the dawn of the capes for the high flyers. And there's a bunch of just every Rich Eisen on his show had a thing laughing about it. He's like, when, when they do the valuation of Live, Line by line, where are they going to get when they get to the capes line, the capes expenditure? What are they going to see? Here's Phil on the record explaining. Someone had to uh, ask him about the capes and live Valderrama. It's aspirational. It's not for everybody, but it's a cool thing about our team. Uh, And it's the creativity of my wife and what she brings. We envision a lot of little kids running around the golf course in capes. (laughs) And that's kind of what we're hoping for. And have them dreaming about being a high flyer one day. <laughs> I know we're only go- one year to live, but it's go- but where it's going to be in 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to be pretty exciting. Kids everywhere in capes. He, that, that, there's a Christmas gift idea for you. <laughs> you know, you, you go. got to do some high flyers. <laughs> some uh, high flyers capes for your kids. David Duvall had a very random tweet said, it's time to stand up to speak. And nobody knew what he was talking about. There was like a good, like couple hours of news cycle. Like, are we talking about live or talking about politics? Everybody had fun with this cryptic David Duvall tweet. Oh, I forgot about this. Jack Nicholas design announces that they're creating a metaverse course. Oh my God. I completely forgot about it. And we wrote his digital Jack, like the designer. So this is the lead of a golf.com article, which I think Nicholas Companies is right. Yeah. Owns or part, yeah. but you know, partner of. They're in the same holding company. This is the lead paragraph. In its globetrotting work in golf design, Nicholas Design has built courses virtually everywhere. Now comes its first virtual course. Nicholas Companies announced Wednesday a partnership with New York-based technology company to develop the first professionally designed championship golf course and members only club in the metaverse. I didn't know that was a thing. I won't check in on its progress. Are there a lot of metabates in that members only club for the metaverse? I don't know. Metaverse may still be a few years off. I think we got too excited too soon about the metaverse. That's where I'll leave that one. Well, Ricky Jack, wins. Jack, Jack's design Digital for Jack. to be ahead of the curve. There we go. Uh, Digital Jack. Sorry, Digital Jack in his course. Ricky wins. He needs a birdie on the 18th hole. Remember, he almost hits it left into the water, yeah. but it gets caught up in like a step cut, stuffs it to three, four feet, 
Andrew Catalan's on the call. Great call. He had his excitement was le- there for this. Uh, and Ricky wins. He, he makes a birdie on the 18th to get into a playoff with Morikawa and Hadwin. Great event. Got pushed up early because of bad weather, but the crowds were still popping at Detroit. Uh, and like, think about this an off week, you have Ricky and Colin Morikawa in a playoff, Ricky on his drought, like amazing run of tour golf. Um, then they play 18th in the, in the extras. He hits one so wide, right? Wild foul ball, wide, right? Catches a good lie and stuffs it again. Gets a fortuitous TIO drop from that, but, but hits it again and made it, you know, 10 foot birdie putt stares into the sky, right? Really cool yeah. kind of subdued, but great sort of celebration reaction puts his like both hands on the top of his putter. Cool, cool win. Cool. Uh, obviously breaks the drought. Caddy's kind of jumping around. Um, Morikawa, like almost he burned the edge on 18 in regulation, I think to win it. And he came out of nowhere. He shot a closing 64. And this was like in a bad, like the worst streak of his worst run of his career, young career, of course, but he missed more cuts he just wasn't playing well, and then kind of all of a sudden is in the playoff. But but Ricky clips him. Good win for Ricky. Morikawa like nuked a nine iron or something in the playoff um, over the green. You have this spring break theory, Andy SB2K theory. You uh, proclaimed this week. JT, you know it's gone through everyone. Smiley was in the shitter. Spieth obviously dipped. Ricky had fallen off, and now he's back. And now the the virus from spring break has hit JT. And this is your theory that you proposed this week. It's a good theory, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Talor, don't call me Taylor. Wins for the third time. Valderrama. Uh, you joke that it's his all time great year, he's making a run of VJ's ten win two thousand four. Uh, but he's crushing. He just didn't have enough events well. to play in. Yep. Aberg was amazing. Lamagna wrote about this. He's like, you know, Tom Kim, the Tom Kim hype, like that should be for Aberg. Like, the underlying statistics, like uh, he was third in driving distance and tied for second in driving accuracy. I think he was first in strokes gained off the tee, finished top 10 in birdies or better. So he like finished, he was T three or something, t- ended up 40th, like fell off hard, but all the stats were still like, holy shit. Like yeah. this guy was incredible. Um, Bernard Longer wins at Century World, just all st- stomps on Steve Stricker's couch in Wisconsin and breaks Hale Irwin's uh, all-time record. Kind of insane that he's winning that much this this late. Uh, US you know what's insane? Open. What he's just running on full full steam, and it's you crazy. know sometimes I get a little down. I'm not feeling my best, and I get a little worn out by travel, and. Uh, you know what has made me feel a lot better? If you club if champion, no a visit to AG one. Well, I would. Isn't it club champion? Uh uh-uh, uh, it's AG one. Okay. If you're a longtime listener, you might know I've been drinking AG one for a whole year. When I started drinking AG one, I just felt an instant burst of like focus, and uh, you know, I had more energy day to day. I was, it was, but it was like a nice, relaxed energy. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimism. Bernie Lager has to be. I don't know. I don't want to say he's an endorser in no way, but he keeps the tank full. And I would suggest AG1. You're right. Doesn't have all those contaminants. Yeah. 
great part of your morning routine. I love this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what does your morning routine look like? I mean, it's tough around the holidays. I try to keep AG1 because after that, you're just chasing. Yeah. Chasing a good diet, making sure you got a good base. I love hitting AG1 in the morning around the holidays. Kids so it's are got gut, gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So I've, I've replaced my multivitamin with AG1. Oh. And I get prebiotics, probiotics. I get all kinds of stuff. Digestive enzymes. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why they've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash the fried egg. Or drinkag1.com slash shotgun. Shotgun. That's right. Drinkag1.com slash shotgun. Get five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D. There we go. AG1, what a segue from Bernie Longer winning at Century World. The flower fold, the AG1. Um, All right, last but not least, for 3M, or Rocket Mortgage, I should say. On the weekend, there's that, not a leak, but documents are made public in South Florida, the Clayman lawsuit. And Desert Duffer, I believe, is the one who uh, surfaces these. A Twitter account, Desert Duffer. And in this is the remarkable script for Tiger Woods to go to Travelers oh. in 2022. Just the the sheer chuckle fuckery of what's going on with some of the comms and behind the boat operation. And there's other stuff about how the European tour was a distressed like asset, and like we need to. It's, it didn't look great in terms of antitrust language. You know we. They saw the European tour as a distressed asset, but we can partner with them. But the talking points for a Jay Monahan town hall meeting that they sent to Tiger Woods, and it just it scripts it out for him. Thanks, Jay. So with all due respect to the tour, and it's capitalized in the talking points, I'd actually ask Jay and his staff to leave the room that for was, a few that minutes. That was the giveaway that it couldn't be fake. And please cut the camera in the back as well. Brackets. Tiger waits for staff to leave. Like scripted. Like Tiger can't, like, you know, needs his hand held. It's good to see you guys. This isn't really my thing. As you know, formal meetings and speeches at podiums. I'll do it, but it's not my favorite thing in the world, especially when it involves getting up at 4 a.m. Guys, let me start by saying I think Jay, our captain in this scenario, is working his ass off. I've known him a long time, and while we haven't always agreed on everything, I do know this. He's doing what's right for this tour, not just because it's his job, but because he cares deeply about every one of us. He's the right guy for this war. He's a fighter. This is a dire situation. I think as Jay and his team have protected you from the worst of it. They've been working against this threat since before COVID shut down for some never, nearly three years, and they've had to look and act as strong and sort of tell us not to worry about anything. And they've got it handled because that's their job. They work their asses off just like they did during COVID, to ensure our lives aren't interrupted. That perks and benefits and purses go up and up, and we can focus on playing golf while we're handling things. But that's not going to work this time. We can't stand on the sidelines and wait. 
for it to all work itself out. All bold. We have to actively participate in defending the PGA Tour. It's time to join the fight. So he's working our ass off. He's our captain. And then he talks about, they use Charlie as a prop in the talking points. It's like, I want Charlie to take pride in the deep roots the tournament has in its community. I wanted to experience the tour that Jack and Arnie built that we contributed to and left better than we found it. So it's just disaster. Uh, Live golf only exists if we allow it to. They need us. PGA Tour players, the best in the world to survive. Just embarrassing talking points that came out about, you know, working your ass off. Jay, get the hell out of the room. Turn the camera off. Uh, Just a bad, bad documents. The court eventually would seal this up quickly again. Um, And Tiger has to tweet about it. Just to be clear, I've never seen this document. I don't know what this is. This talking points memo released. I've never seen it until today. Um, Last but not least, uh, on Liv, they penalized Dick Bland for for slow play. Uh Oh, my God, I forgot about this. They gave him a real slow play penalty. And so we applaud Liv for that, enforcing slow play. If they're going to do that and bring that to the game, that is uh, innovation in a way. So that's Rocket Mortgage Week. A uh, few other notes, but that's it. The Tiger talking points are an all-time document for the year. So, you want to go on, or you want to keep? You want to close Let's it up? Let's do what one more. All right, all right. Keep it going. And then we'll start next week with the congressional hearings. Josh Hawley, the senator from Kansas, calling out Gary Woodland. <laughs> we'll start that next, uh, not next week, but the next part on this the Senate hearings. Josh, all right, Josh Hawley signs. <laughs> I've got the greatest hits of the congressional hearings ready to go. <laughs> oh, I forgot about those signs. PGA Tour China. Huh? Whoops. <laughs> Couldn't get over PGA Tour China. Gary Woodland, the Kansas senator. Tom Carper, whatever, talking about Sam Sneed and what's yeah, just I got that ready to go. All right. All right. It's John Deere week. Naturally, all the st- big stories are not about the John Deere. Um, there's like very little John. Do you want to start with sure. John Deere? Or I mean, it stuff? gets buried every year. There's just others. Yeah. It's the U S women's open at pebble, a historic okay. major, right? Uh-huh. You know, the first time the women are playing at pebble. Um, yep. so I'll just run down a couple of things from the U S women's open. Uh, there's a couple of super groups that are, you know, highly touted super, super groups. Jin Young Ko, Nellie Korda, Lexi Thompson. And then the other ones, Rose Zhang, Brooke Henderson and Lydia Ko, they all play awful, like awful, like nobody from those super groups plays yeah, well. I remember that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, Michelle Lee's final round at Pebble and Annika's final round uh, in the U.S. Women's Open. We'll see if it's Annika's final round. They go out in quite different ways. So, um, oh God, Annika, yeah. Annika like makes a seed on the 18th hole. It was bad. I mean, they did a Friday night in the primetime block. They're, they shouldn't have played them together. I mean, Annika's done multiple, I believe, final. This is my last U.S. Open walk offs. All right. This is from, Sha- this is from Shaq's newsletter. Okay. Two former U.S. Women's Open champions went out in different ways on Friday and likely, in quotes, Last starts as NBC Dan Hicks noted repeatedly knowing full well how athletes get bored. The two came to Pebble Beach's 18th with no chance of making the cut. We West made a par 
by sinking a long putt, adding a last little bit of excitement to a drama-filled career. Her final putt slowly creeping up to the hole before falling in the side door. It added much-needed exuberance after Sorenstam hardly recalled legendary swan songs in the vein of Jack Nicholas's satisfying goodbye on the same hole in 2000. As anyone lucky enough to play Pebble knows, the 18th hole's tee shot is imposing because of the likelihood that a drive into the bay means dropping at the front of the tee. At least for mere mortals, since in recent years, modern drives have allowed bombers to carry the dry land and have the ball roll into the uh, into one of the inlets over 300 yards down the fairway. That notion did not apply to Sorenstam. Her ball might have grazed a small area not far off the tee before hitting the ocean. Told this, she refused to believe her drop yeah. would be so close to the tee and yeah. ran everyone through a strange and embarrassing saga. An LPGA rules official working this week for the USGA and knowing the legend would not be making the cut, kindly conceded that Storm Sam would be have a better view <laughs> uh, from the tee of her point of entry, and she dropped well ahead of where a stringent application of the rules would have allowed. Oh, it was yeah. all quite a sad way to go out if it's her swan song. You it, tweeted... Still was... can't believe we walked it off with the Sun Kang special. <laughs> it was awkward. I think her husband caddying for her was like trying to convince, like, just why do we, let's just go back for the tea. What are we doing? What are we fighting for? You're not making the cut. You're not, what are we trying to get here? It was, uh, and Michelle Wee's trying to, I think, kind of have a gracious walk off. And got this. Oh, that was not comfortable for anyone. Like, it was a great way for we to go out. Like, somebody yeah. never made any putts makes a putt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So, Allison Corpus wins. She played awesome. Um, beat Nasa Hataoka on Sunday. Um, one thing that might be forgotten was that they were put on the clock on Sunday. I don't remember that. Okay. Final group in a major gets put on the clock. Kudos. Slow <laughs> yeah. play. Being yep. enforced. Yep. Um, NASA's Saturday round was insane. She shot 66, which was four better than the next best score. It was like windy as shit. Yep. Um, then uh, let's see. Two other things. Charlie Hull like becomes like just like a oh, yeah, that's favorite. Right. And she played awesome on the final in the final round, like almost tracked down um, Corpus. Yep. And on eighteen, she she goes for it in two from under the tree, and she says to her caddy, "You know the saying: shy kids don't get sweets." Yeah, um, and that yeah. like blows up. Um, <laughs> Natha Kitra Vong Tavilap caddy. Used used a range finder that got her DQ'd <laughs> from the U.S. Women's I Open forgot. after five holes. Guys, so- just out there willy nilly <laughs> shooting flags in the ma- ma- major. Uh, boom! You're out of here. <laughs> Qualify. Just get DQ'd because your caddy's using a range finder. Yeah, oh, for five holes. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. On to the John Deere. 
Can I go one more thing just because I saw yeah. it at the Women's Open? They had a caddy award or a trophy for the caddy. And I think it's Jay Monahan. Isn't fake Jay yeah. Monahan Corpus's caddy? And Karen was having so much fun with this. Congrats to Jay Monahan. <laughs> he needed the break. And you're like, why are they giving trophies to the caddy? Like there's only one, like there's only one that I wins. Because they had done it at LA too. Just caddy trophies. All right. Go uh, ahead. One go other on. point about about the women's uh like narrowing fairways like you do for the men is stupid because the women no, are bad. accurate enough to aim to the edges. They like Eight. narrow the 11th fairway and made 11. it so like people yeah. couldn't get to the spot they needed to be to hit it into a flag, you know? So everybody Six. just hits it to 20 yeah. feet. But yeah. yeah, they were just disaster setups. Eight, eight was, you know, they didn't need to narrow anything. They did. Um, yeah. It was awful. Um, yeah. Just yeah. like, one of the great things with women's golf is you could just set the golf course up the way they that like wide and let these women use showcase their accuracy and ability to get to places they want to use to attack. It's such a yep. more interesting game. Um, all right, John Deere, only top player in the field is Cam Young, top 20 player. God, Take a guess God. who led after round one. <laughs> Come on. Just. Just pull a name out of the middle of Scott. He's not a regular on the PGA Tour. Tour. Um, he Kelly plays, Kraft. He's from Sweden. God. Alex Noren? Jonas Blixt. Oh, my God. Jonas Blixt? <laughs> what? He was leading? <laughs> After round one. Holy shit. I don't remember that. Turn back the clock. <laughs> he shot at 62. Oh, my um, God. We're all on Todd watch. He's the Saturday leader. <laughs> uh, septic Tank uh, shoots a, a final round 62 to win. Okay. Big win okay. for Septic Tank. Pretty much locks up his spot on the Ryder Cup team. Um, yep. Also, it's a precursor precursor to his great Open Championship play, where he he almost tracked down Brian Harmon. Birdie machine, yeah. Um, yeah. that's all I got for the for that. I I got more for Liv though. So this is okay. Liv okay. Liv went back to London, was, yeah. uh, and Cam it's Smith insurance. won. Um, so okay. the Brooksy Wolf stuff hits like a hits a peak here. Okay. So it's an SI article. Brooks says he's just done with Wolf. He says, I mean, when you quit on your round, you give up and stuff like that. That's not competing. I'm not a fan of that. You don't work hard. It's very tough. You don't work hard. It's very tough. It's very tough to have even like a team dynamic when you've got one guy that won't work. One guy is not going to give any effort. He's going to quit on the course break clubs, gets down, bad body language. It's very tough. I've basically given up on him. A lot of talent, but I mean, the talent's wasted. So like two days later, there's a Matt Wolf response. I read the SI interview with our captain, Brooks Kepka, and it was beyond disappointing to me. When I chose to join this team in 2023, I did so with much optimism 
about my new home as part of Team Smash and equally as important, the chance to be around and learn from a player of Brooks's stature. Like everyone who has ever played the game at the highest level, I have had competitive moments in the past that I feel I've let myself down and even others in our new team environment. This has been quite difficult for me. My challenges on and off the golf course with my mental health has been well documented. I deal with those challenges every day. However, while my 2023 season has not been all that I hoped for at this point, I have made positive strides in managing my life and feel like my game is turning for the positive. Uh, To hear through the media that our team leader has given up on me is heartbreaking. It's not what a team member looks to hear from its leader. And I think we all know these comments should have been handled much differently. But I'm moving forward and won't ever give up on myself. While on-course results may not appear now to be positive indicators, I'm trying to win on an even bigger, even all caps, bigger game with my life. Finally, I trust... Oh, this is, this is, finally, I trust Brooks wants what is best for our team, but it's hard to imagine his comments in his recent SI interview in any way line up with these priorities. This will be my last comment on this matter. I'm heading out today to the Centurion Club trying to help our team win this week. I appreciate everyone's continued support and your respect for my privacy. Oh... Uh forgot about it. God, heartbreaking. Forgot about the tick, the back and forth continued. So think about at the beginning of the year when Peter Uline was, was telling yeah. Mike McAllister and golf Wonders. digest middle East that how yeah. all this went down and how, how great of a spot it was going to be for Wolfie. He didn't even get to what July, August. Yeah. Didn't even get to August. Got to, to get then and now he's now he's a goat. Goat. Now he's, now he's Bubba Watson's going to get the most out of him. He need, he needed a player's coach. All right, all right. Tim Tucker's looping for Bryson in London. Um, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> according to Joel Beal, the PGA Tour board member Jimmy Dunn, COO Ron Price, uh, will testify before Congress next week. Conveniently, Greg Norman and Yasser yeah. were also invited, but will pass due to scheduling conflicts. <laughs> and then Jay Monahan will also miss the appearance because of his ongoing health issue. But then it's announced like one day later after this that Jay Monahan will return to work on July 17th after taking time off due to a medical right. issue. So he's coming back, but not soon enough. So they got to send send Ron Price in there. Ron did a good job. <laughs> he did do a good job. But it's like Jay's coming back. Yeah. He's okay. He's coming yeah. back. Just not in time for the I think to be fair, he, they told Congress that. And Congress is like, no, we're not gonna reschedule. <laughs> I also just love that Norman and Yasser just never had to no. do the deal with yeah. that. No, see ya. Um all right, last or last big thing here. Okay. 
Couple, we got a couple more odds and ends. Washington okay. Post broke the story that longtime PGA Tour policy board member Randall Stevenson had yeah. resigned his position from the, uh, the committee. The story includes language from Stevenson's resignation letter in which he stated that he could not support the recent framework agreement with the Public Investment Fund, yeah. writing that the deal is not one that I can objectively evaluate or am in good conscience support of particularly in light of the U.S. intelligence report concerning Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. The longtime AT&T CEO urged the board to reconsider the deal and seek an alternative uh, option, adding that he hopes they can rethink its governance model and keep its options open to evaluate alternative sources of capital beyond the current framework agreement. Yeah. And then my research next week for Scottish Open had Spieth sort of uh, saying, "Yeah, I, I thought his statement said made sense. Said a lot. You know, I, I could understand where he's coming from. So it's interesting. AT and T sponsored guy, obviously, yeah. but interesting. Pine Valley. In, in lighter note, Pine Valley to host the twenty thirty four Curtis Cup. Yeah, big news. Crowd. <laughs> it's open qualifying." There's a crowd of 100 plus following group of Michael Block, Alex Wrigley, and T- TK Ch- oh. uh, Chanchuat uh, as they come down the 18th in round one of the open qualifying. That where was that at again? Somewhere I forgot. They had forgot. a bunch of people and in, in Dun Donald or something like that. Yeah, all following Blocky, Blocky International Block. Blocky. While he's over there, Blocky says the comments he made about his game versus Roy McIlroy's were totally misconstrued. <laughs> One of the great things about an audio platform is you can like <laughs> listen to the lead up, you can listen to the follow through, and you know it generally is pretty well accounted for. You know what happened in Live London? I just found out it's a flash mob. Yes. That was the Mike next McAllister. thing. Next thing on my on my I just list scrolling. here. Mike McAllister, who writes for LiveGolf.com. God, I forgot about that being a thing for an hour. Yeah, flash mobs were what 2011 or something. Those were yeah on the first tee. They had it dancing. Terrible, terrible live activation. Um, it was 4th of July. I, I was a little banged up walking around my neighborhood. And I, I, one of my neighbors rolled in with his motorcycle and his <laughs> motorcycle gang vest on. And we talked about motorcycle gangs at the start of the, the start of the next episode. So where we learned, we learned all the ins and outs about the, the hierarchy of motorcycle gangs, how you become a part of one. <laughs> I remember this. Finally, finally got it. Uh, one last note, threads launched. Remember that everybody yeah. thought the golf, yeah. golf Twitter was going to go over to threads. <laughs> I think Garrett's still posting on. Oh threads. yeah. 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 So if you're, if you're into threads, I'll Garrett over there. I, yeah. I was I was wondering if I should be posting over there. Yeah, maybe that's where we'll go eventually. So that does it. All right, should we push Scottish? I in mean, the hearings to the next week. This is next a marathon. Episode. All right, <laughs> I'm exhausted. Everyone, enjoy your Mondays. We have one more part in your interview. Whatever we get to, we get to. But there's only going to be one more part. 
Let's just put it that way. Is that okay? There, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going past the 3M. I don't know if I'm going. Maybe past. we'll do the playoffs. Maybe we won't. We'll see. The but, people voted that we didn't have to. I think the vote came back. That it, the, I put a poll on Twitter. It was like 51% said no. You don't have we to will, do it. We'll get through the Open, the last men's major. We'll get through you know whatever's after that. Con- congressional hearings. We'll get through it. So Wednesday, the, the open 20th. where Brian Harmon puts everybody to sleep. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait for the congressional hearings. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun morning. <laughs> That's a good time. Good time. I don't know if it's great for Jimmy Dunn and Ron, but it was a good time. <laughs> the the it was so good. The, the questions. Rand Paul jumping in. <laughs> Talking about I'm not a part of this committee. Yeah, he wasn't on the committee. He talking about college basketball players driving Rolls Royces and Bentleys because of NIL. Just no, it makes no sense. (laughs) The the Kansas Center talked about cocaine being found in the White House. (laughs) What are we doing? You're burning all your material. All right, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. Bye.